I want to I want to be the, the very best. Because them is my real test to train, to train them, them is, is my, my cause. I will travel, I will travel across, across the, the land, land. searching, searching for these Pokemon to, to understand, understand the power, the power that's, that's inside. inside. Pokemon, gotta catch them all, you and, you me. and me. I know it's I know my destiny. destiny, Pokemon. Oh, oh you're my, you're best, my best, friend. best friend in the world. In the world must must be Pokemon, gotta catch them. Our hearts so true. So true. Our courage will pull, we'll pull us, through. us through. You teach, you teach me, and I'll, and I'll teach, teach you. you. To the I Have Never podcast, guys. I am Freyway, and this is my host Kenny. And we are here for episode five, where we will be talking all about one of our childhood favorites, Pokemon. Pokemon, gotta catch them all. We're not going to mm. make you guys go through that again. If you heard the teaser, you already heard us singing terribly, but uh, <laughs> we're not about to make you go through that again. So, I guess just to start off, like Kenny, how did how do you get into Pokemon? It's one of the fucking biggest franchises of all time, right? And it is. Everyone it is. has heard of Pokemon uh, at one point or another. I'm an old head now. Same. I'm, uh, how old am I? You're. You, you know, we, we don't. We don't have to disclose all of that information. But uh, you're. You're up in age, is what you are. Yeah. And uh, Pokemon's been around for a significant part of your life, I would say. Yeah, I started with Pokemon Red and Blue. Uh, when it came, the thing is, I don't remember. I know I didn't get it when it came out because I don't. The internet wasn't a thing. I remember I was at a sports camp when I was super little. I don't remember which grade during the summers. You know, my parents were working and they got to send you somewhere. And so this one summer, they, <laughs> they got to send you somewhere. They do. They do. I remember <laughs> not related this other summer. That's a story for another day. But I remember my dad used to send me to this lady's house. And I swear to God, the lady used to do coke every day <laughs> on the fucking kitchen counter. And. What? But, what is happening on a Pokemon? But that's not the, that's not the relevant part of the story. What if this is the Pokemon episode. Is, that's not the relevant part of the story. This other summer, how did we get here? <laughs> my dad sent me to a sports camp. We're like three minutes in, and uh, you would just go there and boys, girls, whatever, and they would uh, you would play sports like lacrosse and soccer and football, uh-huh. etc. All that shit, uh, basketball, and um. So anyway, one day it's like during recess or lunch while we're there. And this kid had Pokemon Red or Blue. I don't know which one. And I didn't even know what it was at the time. And I was just playing on his Game Boy. Uh, he let me try it. I remember on his game, I didn't realize this till later, but on his game, I found Articuno. Like oh, I was sure. just running around and like I just, I went to Seafoam Islands, which I didn't know at the time. And I just fucking went through the Seafoam Islands and then I ended up at Articuno. And then he happened to look over and saw it and he was like, oh. How the fuck you find? I've been looking for that. Like he started freaking out because yeah. he's been looking for and it. He didn't know he's what. Like, How'd you find it? I was like, oh, it's just, know, a, just, just a bird around. to me. Like I don't know what yeah. that is. So that's that's the first time I played Pokemon. But then from there, I remember uh, for Christmas, I got I think Pokemon Red, and then for my birthday, I got Pokemon Blue. 
Okay, so you are January. Okay, and Christmas is in December. So like December, I got red, and then my birthday, I got blue. Did you choose which one you got first? No, I just said I want a Pokemon. Okay, but red, but but my favorite colors have always been red and green. So when they went into the store and looked, they were probably like, "Oh well, we'll get red because red was one of my favorite colors growing up." All right, uh, red so and green, Christmas I, colors. I started out with Pokemon Blue, but I'm going to go a little further back than that. So my best friend when I was a kid, um, I went over his house for the first time ever. I don't even know what age I was. I had I was I was younger than ten, and uh, I went over his house, and he had this like VHS tape. I know a lot of people probably don't know what the fuck that is, but he had a VHS tape of like Pokemon before it ever aired in the United States. Like oh, it was wow. basic. It was basically like episode one, um, when Ash gets attacked by a bunch of sparrows and Pikachu does that big ass thunder. Like yeah, yeah. He had a VHS of that tape and he played it. We didn't know like really what it was. Like we he played it and we were like blown away by it, right? Like we saw that shit and immediately fell in love with Pokemon. Uh, and then like after that, the cartoon was out, and then like we we had the Game Boy, the purple one that was like see through. You know the the Game Boy. Yeah, color yeah, the see through. Yep, I remember see through purple Game Boy. I remember having that one. What's weird is I know that wasn't my first Game Boy color, but that's the Game Boy color I because I had a fat gray Game Boy. Okay, and then I'm pretty sure I had a Game Boy color, but I don't remember which one it was. But then I remember the purple see through one. I think I might have like acquired it. From some, a neighbor uh-huh. or something, some, you know. Something but along those that's lines. the one I remember having for a long time. Yeah. Real quick, going back, was that? So you watched it in Japanese with subtitles? No, the it VHS was, tape. It was actually in English. Oh shit! It was in. It was in English. It was a VHS tape. It was in English, and it was episode one. And uh, it at this time, I don't believe that Pokemon is even because I remember at the end of the the thing, it said like coming at xx date like it was coming out like pokemon so, was coming yeah, so it was out. like a preview kind of like hey this is coming yes yeah, like pokemon crazy. like that's how early i, don't I got even into think pokemon. i never even knew about that yes that's how early pokemon was for me so when i got the game boy the see-through purple game boy um i got pokemon blue i'm a pokemon blue kid so i started off on pokemon blue and i chose squirtle i was a fan of the squirtle squad when i finally started watching the cartoon and just like i don't know water in general i just kind of yeah. like water the i element. started with red pit charmander yeah so i yeah i started with blue um and i think my best friend also had blue and i used to look up because he's like three years older than me so i used to look up to him anyway so like if he did something i pretty much would copy um but i got blue as well and we used to play that shit on the steps i, I feel like everything happened on my steps but we used to play that outside every day for hours and hours to our Game Boys would be dying. And then we'd have to like get new. I think you had to get batteries back then, which was really awful. Double A. Yeah. Double we a. used to kill batteries. And my parents were like, what the hell are you doing? That requires you to get Because <laughs> batteries are expensive. Like they're not cheap. You remember, you remember back on the Game Boy in the original Game Boy. So this is before Nintendo DS, before Nintendo Switch, before PSPs. On, on those Game Boys, your power, it would say, on the side of the screen, it said power. It was a red light. Yep. And the way to know if your battery was getting ready to die is like the light would get dimmer. And there was no real indication. It wasn't, there wasn't like a battery beeper. It wasn't like a percentage. Yeah. It was a red light that would start off really bright and the light would get really dim. And that's when you're like, oh, my batteries might be close to death. I so, used to be, go ahead. I used to be scared of that though. Cause you know, back then saving, auto saving wasn't a thing. So like, so funny story. Remember, this is our first Pokemon game, right? So we're new to the game. Internet doesn't really exist. Even if it did, it's 
Google didn't exist yet. Yahoo didn't even exist yet. So even right. if you could have an internet, there was no way to navigate the internet. Anyway, so I'm playing my Game Boy. I'm playing Pokemon. And then all of a sudden I start hearing like a, like a beep. And I was like, what the f-? And I thought that meant my battery was dying. The whole time your Pokemon's dying. It's the fact that my Pokemon was in red health <laughs> yeah. dying. You were getting but trapped. I thought battle. I was in the middle of a battle and I heard the thing going off. And I was like, but mom, my battery's dying. My battery's. <laughs> and I'm like freaking out. Because you don't want to lose all your shit. There's no way to know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. at that time, you're figuring out also, all at the same that, time. There's like that sound used to be things. loud. It yes, used to be it was it was so loud. Like I think the two loudest like indicators of something dying is Legend of Zelda and Pokemon. Yeah. Like if you want to know if something is dying, you hear that loud ass. I don't even want to imitate it, but it was you you guys know what I'm talking about. When your Pokemon's about to die, that sound is so loud. Um, and so obviously they've, people they, they've doled it now. Yeah. In, oh, they did in actually. Games in recent games, it still happens, but it's more dull. Yeah. Uh, and Pokemon Black and White, which is Gen Five, if I remember correctly, they instead of doing like the beep beep beep, instead of doing that, they actually changed the battle theme. Like the battle theme would like get more intense. Oh wow! When your health was lower and like it kind of picked up and stuff. That's and then, cool. but it, and it happened kind of naturally. Like so, if you switched to a full health Pokemon, like it would go back, but it wasn't like a different song. Like it, it felt natural. Like it, yeah. it was pretty cool. So out of the original, five. out of the original 150, what's your favorite Pokemon? Of the original Charizard. Charizard. Char- Actually, to be honest, though, my whole life, it was like pretty much always Charmeleon specifically. Why Charmeleon? Because um, he was dark red. <laughs> <laughs> he, I just always Man. thought. He looked like a badass teenager. He was. No, that's. So Charmeleon when I was a kid, looked like a bad teenager. I always, my favorite age, like throughout my life growing up was 17, right? For whatever reason, like 18 and, and being an adult, 20, 30, that was like being an adult. And then like being a kid, you don't want to be a kid. 17 always seemed like the coolest fucking age. And Charmeleon, yeah, he's like a teenager. He's <laughs> you, like you, a, you, you said Charmeleon is 17. That, Charmeleon is 17. Yo, he's cool as Charmeleon fuck. He had like the fucking... spike on his head. He had yeah. the horn on his head. He was dark red. And I thought the dark red just looked sicker than orange. Yeah. Um, so if I'm being honest, it's it's Charmeleon. But I love the Charmander line overall, like Charizard, when you talk about fully evolved. But Charmeleon is honestly my favorite Pokemon of all. So time. for me, like, he's so sick. I'm really kind of cheesy, but I don't care. Uh my favorite Pokemon to this day, and even out of the one the original 150 is uh Mewtwo. You know, and yeah. some people argue against Mewtwo even being considered a Pokemon because he's he is Pokemon, a, man. Because he's a clone of Mew, which I don't know how that would make. Him I can real Pokemon, quick. Let me step in for you. I got your back. I'm coming to your defense. Right, I've heard hear people it. say that. Let's hear it. That don't mean a damn thing. I pulled up a couple things earlier from my memory because I remember in Pokemon, there is some wild Pokedex entries. OK, <laughs> wild Pokedex. Entries. All right, look. So if somebody's argument is Mewtwo is not a Pokemon because he's a clone of Mew. My, the first thing is Porygon. OK. Porygon yep. is an artificial Pokemon created as a computer program or some shit. Yep. So Mewtwo not being a Pokemon, that's already out of here. Yep, right? you already disproved We it. have things like Porygon. However, my favorite Pokedex entry of all time is my homie Kadabra. Okay? So let me find which I think it's Fire Red Leaf Green. Okay, yep. So for example, Leaf Green, this is the remake of Red and Blue version. In Leaf Green... His Pokedex entry, the cool thing about Pokemon is each, there's two versions of each generation. Yeah. And the Pokedex entry will be slightly different for each one. So you got to look at both to get the full story, I guess. That's a Leaf Green, too. his entry is, it emits a special, it emits special alpha waves from its body. 
that induce headaches just by being close. It's like, oh, okay, cool. It's a psychic Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Here's this fire red Pokedex entry, Kadabra. The Pokemon evolves from Abra, allegedly. It happened one morning. A boy with extrasensory powers awoke in bed, transformed into a Kadabra. That's kind of creepy. Because <laughs> so, that Pokemon doesn't even look like I wouldn't want to look like that. Like those <laughs> things, they, they look scary. Like those things look scary to me. My favorite part is it happened one morning. Like, in the mid, <laughs> it happened one morning. Whoever a translated boy. that. <laughs> With extrasensory powers, awoke in bed. So Whoever translated that shit. Apparently, normal people can just become cadavers, okay? Um, Which I'm not a fan of. Not only, just in terms of Mewtwo not being a real Pokemon because of it being a clone of Mew, we have Porygon and we have Kadabra. There's other examples. And like, it is um, literally a clone, like, Mewtwo yeah. is a clone of a Pokemon, so... He is very much Pokemon, but I love um, Mewtwo, especially the first ever Pokemon movie, right? Like that, that fucking oh, movie. The just... first Pokemon movie. And then first Pokemon movie is called just Pokemon, the first movie. And then there's the Mewtwo I Strikes guess, Back or something sequel. like that. Yeah. Mew- no, yeah. No, Mewtwo Strikes Back was actually, I think, a subtitle for the first movie. Right. And then Mewtwo Returns. Okay. I don't, maybe, like I don't fucking remember. Mewtwo has a couple movies. Yeah. But the first one. Yeah. I cried. I don't know if you cried, but I actually cried oh, real end? life. To, yes. Like 100%. That movie got me emotional as hell when Ash got turned to stone by the two. I saw that beams. movie in theaters. Same. I cried in theater. Like I literally yeah. was sitting there sobbing. I don't know how old that was. I don't really care. But I remember seeing Ash stone yeah. and seeing Pikachu trying to like, you know, Pikachu like shaking at his, like pushing his little body. Yeah, and uh, I want to say moving. I was in second grade, but it could have been first grade. I honestly don't remember. Do you remember Pikachu slapping uh, the other Pikachu like just yeah. constantly? Ash's Pikachu didn't really want to fight, and the other one was just like really. And evil. then Meowth with that speech, that beautiful speech. That speech yep. needs to be talked about nowadays to help end racism. It does. That speech he was talking about. I don't remember the exact things, but it's Meowth talking to the other Meowth and looking at all the Pokemon fighting each other, and he's like. He talks about it like it doesn't matter what we look like, like we all live under the same sky. Yeah, there was a lot of undertones to that. Yeah. Um, I think I think Pokemon really has speech. attempted to save the world multiple times now. Uh they've tried. Dude, the Pokemon theme songs, we we just sung the, the first one, but I've listened to a couple of them like throughout my life. I've watched a bunch of the anime. They're inspiring fucking songs. Oh, like, if you just listen to them, you want to get up and do shit. Like, <laughs> like you want to get up and do shit after listening to a Pokemon theme. Pokemon like, always got me hyped. They had Pokey Raps. Remember at the end of the episode? Oh, you yeah. Like a little Pokey Rap. Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to try to memorize the Pokey Raps, too. I was big on that back in the day. So, yeah. So, that Mewtwo's my favorite Pokemon. And then... So as a like for a non-legendary Pokemon, that's like my favorite. I don't know why I really like Dratini. Dratini's really cool. And and Dragonair. Um, like Dra- Dratini, like the whole Dragonite family, yeah. really. I like, always like I, Dragonair more than Dragonite. Yeah. Yeah. Dragonair it's some, just looks so like nice it, and it's just yeah, it just looks really cool to me. Gyarados. I think I just like Dragon Pokemon and Psychic Pokemon, really. Those are like my two, my yeah. two go-tos. Uh, there aren't what there's like one dragon Pokemon in the first gen, right? Like that is. Yeah, I think it's just Dragonite. Yeah, I just Dragonite is the only one. What well, drag? Yeah, the whole the, line, the whole family. The whole yeah, and that's the only one in the original. And then you have and the like, only dragon move, if I remember correctly, was Twister, and it's that's in the original game. Yeah, I think that's the only dragon move. Nice. And I yeah, think see, Dragon I Rage was in Gen two. Yeah, Gen 2 is where I... Re- so, I wasn't competitive in the original Pokemon Blue. I remember finding out about the missing no, like, like glitch thing where you can multiply rare candy, um, you know, surfing up and down and then, like, fucking yep. missing no, that whole thing. But 
I, I kind of just in the first Pokemon, I would just literally have my team was so my six was like Mewtwo, Mew, Zapdos, Articuno, Moltres, like <clears throat> and Dragonite. Like I think it was like that was like my six or whatever. Like all yeah. all the legendaries you can handle, and then throw a Dragonite on there just because he's like OP in the original game. And that was like my my six just because I didn't like I always just thought these are the legendary Pokemon, so they must be like the best and everything. That that was yeah. kind of like my thing. I know my original, so I've got like a. I don't know. To me, it's a really like loving memory. Like, I just love this memory because so this goes into my original, I guess, six. I had all three starters. And the reason why is because I had red and blue and I had two Game Boys. But, you know, my dad only bought one. I don't know where the second one came from. Just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> but you also must have had a link cable because. Uh, back yeah, I had a link cable. Way. So anyway, I have my parents, not my parents, my grandparents are from Portugal. And every some no, not every, every winter they would come. They would come uh, visit. Uh, so every summer we would go to Portugal every winter. They would come to America. And so I remember I was in the airport and I can still remember the Philadelphia airport. Like I still remember kind of where I was sitting and what the Philadelphia airport looked like at that time. And sitting in the lobby waiting for my grandparents to come in. We're there for like hour, two hours. And I was resetting blue version over and over to get Squirtle, to get Bulbasaur and trade them over to my red version. And I remember I would do a little thing like I made sure. When I got Squirtle, I named my character Blue. And when I got Bulbasaur, I named my character Green. And then my character's name was Red. And so I traded them over and like I had Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle. And I just remember just being in the airport, waiting for my grandparents to come and like just sitting on like this little thing. I'm just like a little kid. I'm trading my Pokemon over. And it, you had to restart the game, go through the whole intro again. I don't know. I just, I really uh, am fond of that memory. But I, so. Right from the gate, I, I played with all three starters because I had both games, and I was yeah. like, well, I'm going to trade them over. We didn't start – so me and my friend, we didn't start trading to get the original starters for a while. Um, I don't even know in the original, like, Pokemon Blue and Red, if we even understood, like, trading because we were that young. Like, um, yeah. I don't even know if we understood, like, the whole trading concept really that well. But by the time Gold and Silver came out, like, it was a whole different ball ballgame. Yep. Gold and Silver – you know 16 badges right like that game is super long a lot of pokemon and a lot like obviously a lot of new pokemon but all, there's just so many because you have the original 150 plus all the ones they introduced and then all of those gym leaders yeah, they, and everything. i think they introduced around 100 pokemon because i think the count of gold and silver is 251 yeah so that's all so that's 251 or 252 yeah so many pokemon and like then the game also looks better than like you know blue and red they Way literally better. literally were in the colors that they were like blue and red and uh they, those models did not look too good those sprites they they now the original sprites weren't good and also uh, so two notes one i want to first talk about not fully understanding trading i understood trading but i was still a kid yeah i remember this this person that lived, i won't say their names not that it matters but i just won't say their names but a person that lived down the street from me i was friends with this kid he had an older brother right mm. and so he's the one that taught me that some pokemon only evolve by trading like, oh cool, yeah blah, blah, blah. And so I wanted an Alakazam really bad. I had Kadabra. And he was like, all right, yeah, cool. Um, trade me your Kadabra, and then I'll trade you back the Alakazam. Anyway, he was like four years older than me. I was like super excited. I traded him the I Kadabra. Hope this is not going where and I then he was going. just like, he just unplugged the link cable. He was like, all right, thanks. And like, he just kept my Alakazam. And I was like, wow. Whoa. And he was like four years. There was nothing I could do. Yo, you always get like savage. You've been getting savage like, just since you were a child. He was just like, yeah, thanks. And I was like, uh, well, I mean, that's not. And then like, I didn't snitch because 
Yeah, it's kind of awkward to be like, he stole my just, Pokemon. I'm like, can't I, snitch. Like, I don't even know. So I just like, I just ate that. Like, he just stole my, he just stole my Alakazam. So your Alakazam like, is still just out there somewhere in somebody else's game. Yeah, I was like, I guess. That's Fuck fucked me. up. Um, Those are horrible. On the road, gold and silver having 16 badges and two regions. At the time, the creators even mentioned they thought that was the last Pokemon game. They oh, made gold okay. and silver to be like the like they a lot of the people that worked on it thought like yeah this is the last pokemon game this is like this is you know, this the, is everything we're going to move on with our careers after this yeah okay um, that didn't age well that did not but, age well but gold and silver that's why gold and silver is so good and many think to this day still the best like the best of, like i think the gold and silver remakes are the best pokemon games period but still like their roots are in gold and silver it had two regions 16 badges it had an epic final battle with red the main character from the game before like you fucking make it up to mount silver you beat the elite four twice you get 16 badges you climb mount silver and there he is the main character the person you were in the last game That's with insane. his fucking with his hand in his pocket and his shirt all fucked up and his hat like kind of messed up just <laughs> sitting there and you fight red he's got charizard blastoise venusaur pikachu like yeah, Snorlax. Yes, his and his Snorlax was real. I remember yeah. the Snorlax being so real. His Pokemon were like on level eighty. Like that was the magnum opus of Pokemon, and they're they've made good Pokemon games since then, of course. But nothing gold ever and left silver the same like, feeling of gold and silver for me. Like it's, that it's another it, level. It's probably because that's like my coming of age. I feel like like that's like me growing up and understanding like what I'm really doing in the game, right? Like yeah. Pokemon Red and Blue. Like I played them. I kind of got what I was doing, but not really still very young but then gold and silver by the time those ones came out like my competitive mindset was there like you know the concept of trying to really break things like break the game and things like that like yeah seeing red like you know lance like all of the <laughs> gym leaders blaine everybody like that shit was so iconic and still is to this day like i think gold and silver is definitely when people think about pokemon games like those are like the They're, games pokemon gold and silver of the non-remakes i think is is just insane like it had the most put into it at that time i mean since gold and silver we everybody has always asked can we get two regions like can we get two re like, yeah we don't get two re like we've never gotten two regions since then we've never gotten more now they've introduced things like the battle frontier which are really cool yeah and they're they so, have their own type of gym leaders but so since gold and silver has there ever been a game um that has had 16 badges after that, like, or is that just like a nah, gold and just, silver nah, just heart gold soul silver wow remakes yeah and that yeah from my no Ruby no no I don't think so they okay. had the battle frontier which introduces something like badges they had like the battle medals or whatever yeah and the but battle that's, frontier that's different it, it wasn't quite the same and the battle frontier was dope as shit in platinum oh, yeah. version and an emerald it's an emerald that's in platinum I think it has a slightly different name in the two games but an emerald and platinum and they're really really cool but it wasn't quite the same as as the experience of getting another region or or getting yeah. your old region back Jodo and Kanto so iconic so what uh out of those original eight gym leaders um who's your favorite um so it's, it's let's name brock misty surge erica blaine sabrina um giovanni who am i missing and koga did i say koga i know you did not say koga okay so that's the original eight <sighs> man favorite so i'll i'll go first then i, yeah. I know mine because i so i love blaine uh only because he's kind of a troll and he had that that fucking diesel ass magmar like yeah. that are we talking in reference to the anime i mean i guess in general but are you yeah. talking in reference to the anime or the games i mean it could be either one like 
either one for me for me is blaine just because of the anime mainly like you know yeah. that that's one of the most iconic things is when charizard fights against magmar and like it's body right like the first time ash goes against blaine it does not go his way at all and uh you know he gets body charizard doesn't really listen to ash typical stuff but then the redemption arc for that whole like gym battle is so fucking cool because that's when you see seismic toss for the first time like the mm-hmm. real the real seismic toss <laughs> and you yeah you see like the world they put the world in the middle and he mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. gives Magmar his his cup up. <laughs> like he just ruins him. Magmar, by the way, if you watch that again, if I remember, Magmar's done before he gets thrown. Oh yeah, Charizard flies. He has him the up he has the spinning. eyes. He has the scrolly yeah. eyes way before it even gets to that point. <laughs> Charizard doesn't even toss his ass down yet. Yeah, Magmar's like, done. I'm like if there was a judge, space, like if there was a judge in that in that battle, like a real judge, they'd have been like Magmar's unable to battle because Mag- yeah. Magmar, like Magmar, was done. Yeah, the second that, he got lifted into the air. That gym battle, that that's like one of the most iconic gym battles it's for also a seeing, really long time. Seeing Fire Blast is also cool as shit in the show. Because I've seen Fire Blast in the game, but then when you see it in the actual show, right. like that fucking huge ass symbol coming out for fire and like just yeah, I remember, doesn't it almost hit Pikachu and Pikachu's hanging off the edge? Yeah. Of the of the thing almost falling into the lava. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. Speaking of which, like the the danger that Ash was getting into fighting on a volcano, like literally his Charizard got dragged into the lava by Magmar, and and Ash is like, "Oh, I thought that we were fighting on a volcano." And Blaine's like, "Yeah, and under the volcano counts too." And like his Pokemon's just in lava. <laughs> like, like what is going on here? Like this is a first of all, Ash is a kid. He's been a kid for the last thirty years. And his, his Pokemon just fell into lava. And Blaine's like, "Yeah, well, fucking deal with it." It's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Blaine's sick. I think. It's tough. I, I think because of the anime, my favorite would be Brock or Misty, just because okay, the anime they, tra- they like travel with with them. And I remember in the games, like because I played the games first before I watched the anime. And then I remember when the anime came out, I was like, oh man, like I wish Brock and Misty could follow me around. Um, oh, yeah, that would have been cool actually. But in terms of the actual gym leaders, I remember liking them, liking a lot of them. I think my favorite is probably Giovanni just because he looks like a, a gangster. Like Giovanni <laughs> just has like the suit. Like I've always liked that the button up suit. And he's, you know, he just looks like he'll I always saw him as like the main villain. Like, yeah, in my head, he was like the main because like he had that whole relationship with Mewtwo and stuff like the team, obviously yeah. team Rocket. I always saw him as like this really crazy villain that was like super difficult to deal with. Uh, what kind of Pokemon do Giovanni use? In and as a gym leader, if I remember, he mainly used ground types. He used Nido King, Rhydon, I think okay. Golem, maybe. I'm pretty sure he used ground types as a gym leader. Um, yeah, I think his main Pokemon was Nido King. Okay, I think. Yeah, I, I my my memory are, is is very vague of uh of that whole period, and I I remember. So Sabrina is like psychic, when you beat right? him, the TM you get is Fissure. I'm pretty sure, which is a the one hit KO ground move. That sounds familiar too. That's like coming back to me. I remember using Fisher and then finding out later in life that that shit is like for competitive not purposes, not yeah, that shit is banned. Real. You cannot do that. You cannot be going around fishing people. I used to be a horn drilling, fishering fucking asshole to all my friends. Like I would literally go the, around. What was the ice one called? Sheer cold. Yeah, sheer cold. Yep, Kyogre. I that's and so. So out of Kyogre and Groudon, uh, Kyogre is definitely my favorite one. And I used to, again, go around sheer colding people's Pokemon and they'd be like, what the fuck? Sheer cold. Yeah, yeah, for me, it's Groudon. I tended to always lean toward the red, the more red fire. And this like, makes sense. I started with blue and I kind of kept with that. Yeah, like gold, silver, I picked gold. Ruby, yep. sapphire, ruby. 
but I always ended up with all of them. By the time Ruby Sapphire came out, I was buying them with my own money. Like, like I remember getting actually, no, funny enough, Ruby, I didn't even know existed at first when Ruby because gold and silver. And then I don't know. There was like some period of time. It felt like a long time, but I think it, in retrospect, it felt like it a really long time between if you're talking about the period between like gold and silver and Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah, it, it felt, felt like really eons. long. I think in hindsight, it wasn't, but, but it, it just felt, felt like really long. it felt like it was five years to me. Yeah. So I remembered my friend Cheyenne had Ruby version. I didn't even know Ruby existed. He, this is a homie move right here to even trust me. He let me borrow Ruby version because I didn't know it existed. And he was like, as long as you don't delete my data. So I, I had the Game Boy Advanced SP at the time. I remember I hit new game, right? I new gamed his, his cartridge, but I never saved. Oh man. I just, I kept it plugged in and I played the game for like a week straight. Without turning, without turning it off, without saving it. And then next week I went back over his house and I gave the game back to him. And then I think when I came home from his house that weekend, I convinced my mom to buy me Ruby version. And then that's when I got Ruby and I started playing Ruby. Uh, that is that an instance. immense level of trust because I have put hundreds of hours into Pokemon games in the past and having my data saved over or worse case corrupted and then we've i'm sure we've all been there yeah. that that shit makes you feel sick in the stomach uh, oh it's awful it's an like, awful feeling i've turned my game boy on before and my data wasn't there and that is like the worst feeling in the world like knowing how much you worked for all of that stuff and then it's just gone yeah for and, any game i've just not pokemon but i remember when i lived with my cousin uh nick who you guys will talk to soon enough one of the best melee play well we'll get to it yeah. um i remember he fucking deleted my Paper Mario data on N64, mm. my cousin. And I'd come home from school. i turn on Paper Mario. I had, like, every badge. I had badges aren't the same thing. They're, like, skills in Paper Mario. Anyway, I had that game complete. i turn on Paper Mario, and my file, instead of saying Mario, it says 444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444444
I feel like it was all gold um, at one point. But I think maybe, his body is gold. And yeah, I think his body behind. is gold when you see him. Uh, but I know, Same. I know what you're talking about. Like that whole Ash literally seen that Pokemon super early, and then it doesn't. We don't. We don't even know what the hell it is for years after that. Yes. And uh, so now I want to ask you: Did you ever play Pokemon Stadium? Yeah. Oh yes. I, mean, I played that game so fucking much, and you would plug your you would plug your Pokemon game into the pack, and you'd play Pokemon Stadium on the big TV, and you could transfer your Pokemon over. That shit was amazing. That Pokemon Stadium was so fucking fun. Like, I played that game so much. The mini games with my friends and just going through. I played that game so fucking much. Same. I, I was Pokemon big on the mini Stadium. games. You remember the Lickitung mini game where you had to, like, eat yeah. sushi and shit? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I used to play that shit. So we, like, I would literally just load up Pokemon Stadium to play the mini games. Also, this is going to be hard for me to describe. I, I hope to God somebody can know what I'm talking about. There's a, a crowd cheer that's using Pokemon Stadium. That I swear to God, it's a free use like cheer that has been used in so like basically I'm not gonna be able to accurately imitate it. But if you play Pokemon Stadium, just play the game. At some point, you'll hear a cheer where it's like it's like kick his ass. Oh, oh. But he doesn't actually say (laughs) kick his ass. That's just kind of what it sounds like. But he's like, oh, oh, like (laughs) and you just hear it. Right. You hear it in the background of that game. Since playing Pokemon Stadium, I've heard that like exact soundbite in so many instances of movies or shows where there's a crowd cheering. I'm like, that's the Pokemon Stadium cheer. So me, uh, the one that I remember the most from Pokemon Stadium as far as when I used to do like psychic with Mewtwo, right? And just one hit KO things. <laughs> The announcer would be like, taken on a word, go. Like he would yeah. you remember that one? He would be like, taken on a word. I used to love here when I heard that shit, it made me hype. Um the announcer Stadium, was too good. That the game was, was super iconic good. to me because like seeing them super 3D models. I might have like, to replay that. I might have yeah. to stream it or something. Seeing how tall Mewtwo actually is, like you know, Mewtwo's like fucking eight feet tall or some shit. Like he's absolutely ridiculously tall. Seeing Pokemon, Mewtwo, and then Remember Pokemon Stadium 2, how the N64 cartridge was gold and silver? Yes. Like the actually, cartridge itself? Yeah. Oh, man. And then uh, Pokemon Snap. I played that. The Pokemon original, Snap, yep. The original one. I, I didn't expect to like that. My mom got that game for me. I didn't really ask for it, um, but she got it because she knew I liked Pokemon. And I was like, I'm not going to fucking play this. And then I loaded it up one day out of boredom, and I got addicted to Pokemon Snap, like, immediately. Like, if you were coming to my room, I'd be fucking trying to catch a picture of a Charizard <laughs> coming out of a volcano. Yep. I was like, God damn it, I got to get this, this picture of Charizard. You used to have to, like, bully the Charmeleon. You used to have to, like, throw a rock out yeah, and like, yeah. fall into the volcano. Yep, there was a lot. It was, like, no evolve. Yeah, it was a lot that went into it. Same thing with, like, Jinx and stuff, and, like, seeing Articuno, you had to have the stars lined up in a cave. And like you see like the Articuno shape in the stars. Pokemon Snap, I don't think I ever owned. That's another game where I played it for the first time at my friend. I played it at my friend's house. Um, and I then rented it from Blockbuster. But I, you know, this is a game we returned. But yeah. I rented it. I, I remember renting Pokemon Snap from Blockbuster, and I think we rented it like three or four times, and I beat the whole game, and then we just returned it. That game was really fun. I don't even know what made it so fun because then they release a newer version of Pokemon Snap. Yeah, there's a new Pokemon Snap that just so, came out. I haven't so played it. I haven't either, but I have like this nostalgia from playing the old one and being so addicted to it that makes me kind of just want to try it. Is it. I'm assuming it's on the Switch, right? Like it's Yeah, it's on the Switch. Uh, Ant streamed it. Um, I just realized nobody knows who the hell Ant is when I say that. But uh, on my stream, it's called Critical Hit Plus. I streamed with our friend Anthony. He streamed Pokemon Snap. Um, 
and they were having a lot of fun. Like it looked like they were having a fucking good yeah, ass time. I might have to. I might have to try that because it just seems like one of those games that you can take your mind off of everything and just therapy and just chill and just, just take chill. pictures of Pokemon and like that's mm-hmm. really all you're doing. Like it's really just that. I mean, I'm sure it can get frustrating because I used to restart levels so many times. Like I said, trying to get a good picture of Charizard, trying to get him to evolve trying to get Jinx to do certain things. Like, you know, you know, you know what it was like. You had to do so many little like yeah. Snorlax to wake up and chase you. And There was a lot. And then I, oh man, at the end of Pokemon snap, when you go to fucking space yep. and you're chasing the Mew and the Mew has the bubble and you have to, at some point, like break the bubble in order to take a valid picture of Mew. Yeah. Cause it doesn't count. Oh, Speaking great, of Mew, times. do you know how many Pokemon rumors and myths there were? <laughs> like, oh. Pumpkin like because just Mew, like Mew being stuck under the truck. Do you remember in red, blue, and I think yellow? When you go to the SSN, the boat, you go to the SSN, there's a truck to the side. I don't okay. even think you see the truck, but after you beat the SSN, you can never go into that section again. But if you went there and instead of going right on the boat, you walk to the side, there is a truck there. And essentially the rumor was that Mew was under that truck. And but if you cleared the SSN, you can never go to that truck again. So when you were on the SSN, you had to faint to leave it. That way, that, that way the boat doesn't leave. And then play through the whole game, do all this bullshit. That way you can get the HM strength because you don't have HM strength at the time. Because you need strength, but you need the, the boat to still be there so you can go in and then do a bunch of other bullshit. You have to have you have to have this all 150 Pokemon. Much. This is far and too much. And then you go to the truck, and because you have all 150 Pokemon, you use strength on the truck to move the truck and then what muse the under fuck? the truck. Is that I, real? Every, That's not real, right? No, it's not. No, it's not real. But every kid on the fucking planet knew that story. Like every, I didn't. Well, I fucking listen, didn't. That sounds ridiculous. That sounds every like everybody maybe I, I knew, knew it. And was I like, just Mew was under the truck. Mew's on the truck. This is how you get Mew. You got to blah 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 blah. And and everybody knew that so, Mew was like. But Mew was not under the fucking truck. Mew wasn't you there. had to do this ridiculous thing that is extremely like time consuming. And then obviously you get to that point you can't even verify that it's yeah, real because and like, then yeah. Mew's just not on the truck. Yeah. There was a lot of there was a lot of rumors. I remember a big one being called Bill's Backyard. And the idea was that, like, because you can kind of see Bill's backyard, but you there's nobody to get there. And there there was a big thing that you could eventually get into Bill's backyard. <laughs> and then when I don't Gold know, and something Silver about came this doesn't out, sit right with me, the name Bill's Backyard. Well, when the when Gold and Silver <laughs> came out, that's when the rumors really started. I remember people saying, like, Oh yeah, in Bill's backyard in red and blue, you can find Lady in, you can find like like Ladybot, you can find all these Pokemon that are in gold and silver, like oh, like four or five of them. They're like, oh no, they're in Bill's backyard in red and blue. And like they're not, like you can't go there. But yeah, but yeah. uh people people would say that shit. Yeah, Pika Blue, like you said, it that was a playground legend. Yeah, Pika Blue was like some weird evolution of Pikachu. And then wasn't it just Meryl? It was just whatever. Meryl. Yeah, yeah, like it, literally just Meryl. And I remember when the movie came out and Meryl was in it, and everybody was like, Oh, it's Pika Blue. It was like, no, that's just a different Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> do you yeah, have a lot um, of a lot of funny rumors? Do you have experience with like the car game? Like, I mean, I'm sure everyone collected Pokemon cards at some point, but I like, do. I do a little bit, not as much as Yu-Gi-Oh, not nearly as much Same. as Yu-Gi-Oh. I, I do I have experience po- with the card game. Like I, I played it, I played it at AU a couple times. I got into Pokemon really early, the, the trading card game, but I didn't we didn't play it. So we played Yu-Gi-Oh! Like we would duel each other, but we collected Pokemon cards just to collect them. We didn't do anything with them besides collect them and show them off in class and stuff and get them taken by fucking teachers who I think were selling them or something. But uh Probably. we would literally just 
Like I, I packed the Zapdos at 7-Eleven and it was holographic and it looked cool as shit. That Zapdos probably worth a couple thousand now. But I packed the Zapdos like when I was, I don't know, a young teenager. And uh, I remember just showing it off to people. Like that was just like all I like, oh, I got this fucking cool Zapdos. No one else has this. And that was kind of like my thing. Sick. Yeah, I remember I played the game. I collected and I played the card game at the time. We, you know, like early Yu-Gi-Oh, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. But yeah, I had no eventually idea. I learned how to play. And I remember um, my at the my best deck I ever made when I played competitively, which, like I said, wasn't a long time. It was a Blaziken. And uh, I think the name of his ability was Firestarter. His like Pokey Power or Pokey Ability, whatever the fuck it was called. It's called Firestarter. And if I remember, it was like. At the start of your turn or like at any point during your turn, I think you could take a fire energy from your graveyard and equip it to a benched Pokemon. And the thing about Pokey powers was if you had a Pokemon on the bench, they could still activate their Pokey power, even if they weren't the active Pokemon. Oh, that's cool. So so I would have like two or three Blazikens. Like I would have like an active Blaziken and I would have like a Blaziken on my bench and they would both be doing fire starter to put two fire energies on a Pokemon. Uh, per turn and then you can equip one energy per turn so i'd be doing like three fire energies per turn and then uh blaziken or one of my other fire pokemon had an an ability that required you to discard fire energy so it's like i would always be discarding fire energy and then replenishing them with the uh with blaziken i don't know how competitive like so i was never competitive with pokemon i what you what you're describing sounds like it actually was good i just i have no idea yeah yeah at the time it was. And yeah, then, it sounds like some competitive shit because anytime yeah. you're kind of ramping up and then you're recurring your energy, like that just, to me, just out of context, that just sounds like something that was good, but I have no idea. Yeah, this was uh, this was really good at the time. And then eventually, I remember, uh, eventually it gets cycled out because the way Pokemon does, if you're familiar with Yu-Gi-Oh! and you haven't really played other card games, the way a lot of other card games do it, like Match yeah. the Gathering, Pokemon, they don't necessarily have a ban list. There are some cards that will get banned for some reason, but for the most part, they don't have a ban list. They just have a, a complete, like they cycle cards yeah, out. Like if this card get rid of a set. came out before this year, then it's out. And yep. so sets to get rid it's like the, the last six sets are the are the cards you're allowed to use yeah and they both so, have their issues like you like you get obviously the card pool the, i think the biggest problem with that is that it's too big um so a balance doesn't really do too much to curb the problems that you're going to have the, the card pool is just insanely big and then when you cycle things out like you have different problems where well like in this block in this particular block of cards that we have this one particular card is so hard to deal with. Yeah. Um, it, you know what I mean? Like this, like certain things can go unchecked that way. Cause it's like, how do you deal with this card in this block? This is the best card in this set or in this block. And there's really not many outs to it. So it just becomes what everyone is playing. Another thing about the Pokemon, although it's true in both methods, the Yu-Gi-Oh method could be better in terms of ban list. Um, Hold on. Let me just start over. So basically with the Pokemon and magic method, it makes it so that, we were talking before how in Yu-Gi-Oh, you always have to buy the new pack, buy the new sets because the ban list will ruin the old cards and new cards will just be better anyway, right? Yeah. And Pokemon and Magic, it's more direct. You literally just can't use the old cards because that set gets cycled out. Yeah, like you don't have to um, think about it. So Pokemon, it's more direct. But that said, I think I respect the Pokemon method more because even though they're they're forcing you to buy the new cards, that's just like the way it is. Whereas in Yu-Gi-Oh, sometimes it feels like spite. They're like, well, we're just going to nerf this deck because even though they don't cycle the set out, they just nerf it to shit. And then they're like, well, yeah. now you got to use this. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It everyone who plays Pokemon. Well, everyone who plays Pokemon, you know, 
that soon this set is getting cycled out like there's no yeah. you know what i mean like there's it's not really like a surprise when it happens it's like well this is happening soon whereas with yep. Yu-Gi-Oh, the whole thing about Yu-Gi-Oh, and this is part of the reason why the game was so great is the craze that comes with a ban list right like <laughs> like people speculating you get to speculate on what because the carpool is again so huge you get to speculate on what even what is going to get what are they going to bring back exactly you have no idea um but yeah, not to get too much into like the ban list and the Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't really play the actual Pokemon um, trading card game, but I did enjoy collecting the cards. And then at some point I just completely stopped for like no real reason. I think I just maybe took Yu-Gi-Oh more seriously or something. And I just was like, you Makes know what? Sense. None of my friends really played the Pokemon trading card game, like actually sat down at a table and played each other. So I just kind of was like, yeah, that's not competitive enough for me. And I just completely stopped. And now... I know that a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh players have actually invaded um, the Pokemon community and they started playing the Pokemon trading card game. And I looked into it. I was like, well, why, why are people switching? Like why, what is making people want to play Pokemon? And I learned that you play in tournaments where it's one game. Like you don't play multiple games. Like on Yu-Gi-Oh, you play best two out of three magic, same thing, best two out of three. Um, and in a certain formats, like in Yu-Gi-Oh, like ARGs and stuff like that, you play like best three out of five in the finals and stuff. But in Pokemon, it's one and done. So there's not like you're not side decking. You're not like trying to redeem. Like if you drew bad, there's no like redemption for yourself. It's just like straight up. You play one game. This fucking 12 year old yep. beat the shit out of you. And then you just have to be like, yep, I took my L and it's on to the next round. And I, yeah, I cannot cope with that idea like that. Yeah. Because it's a car game, so it has variants. And I just imagine like losing, like traveling somewhere really far and then getting bad beat and being like, damn, yeah, I'll get to play that kid one up. time. I, I remember imagine. I maybe that's how it maybe that's how it always I don't remember it being that way when I played. When I played, I played mainly at uh AU Alternate Universe and place I played Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. And they had a Pokemon League there. And um I remember playing the Pokemon card game there. They actually still run it there. Uh okay. I think every Tuesday or something. I don't remember the exact day. Maybe yeah. it's every Wednesday. But anyway, um, I, I would play it there, and I've seen to remember it being two out of three. But it probably was back then. And I don't. Uh, I just yeah. talked to some of the Yu-Gi-Oh players, like not recently, but back in it wasn't that long ago, like let's say 2017 or something, when a lot of people started switching over to just play Pokemon because they were like, oh, the prizes are insane. Like you know, it used to just be like scholarships and stuff, but I think it became like the prizes started to become worthwhile or to Yu-Gi-Oh players who are not used to good prizes anyway. I think anything is kind of better than yeah, what Yu-Gi-Oh. You get. you get a fucking, you a get mat, seven packs and, and a, a box and a yeah. new switch and a fucking a PlayStation with, without the power adapter. I remember one of the shortly after I met you, you the red red caps had that PS3 tournament, right? Yes. Which, yep. Which I won. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the tournament. I think that's the tournament. I met Cairo where he fucking stacked my deck. Oh no, not Cairo, not innocent Cairo stack my deck yeah anyway <laughs> yeah the pride the prizes for uh for you get one that goes so i'm just kidding Cairo to... didn't stack my deck it's it's an ongoing joke just i just wanted the real it's an ongoing <laughs> joke we have he didn't really stack my deck <laughs> but yeah i remember just people switching over to the pokemon trading card game and i and now so we talked about inflation a bit uh in the last episode but we can we can go into that again because pokemon inflation is insane right like the 
Charizards that are selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Or that's why I remember the big. It was Charizard sells for a hundred dollars. Was the big thing when I was yes, young. Like, that, if you have Charizard, it sells for a hundred dollars. That's exactly that how I when I grew up. That was like the big thing. Like, oh, that Charizard is worth one twenty. Like you have to pay one twenty for that Charizard. Yep. And now apparently PSA ten graded original Charizard holographic. You know. Logan Paul's wrangling around his neck to fight Floyd Mayweather. And it's, you know, it's worth however many hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, I always said, if I could go back in time, I would like people, you know, do all this shit. I would just get like 10 copies of Superman. The very first issue, Superman, like action comics, number one, and like 10 Charizards. That's yep. what I'll do. <laughs> yeah. Charizard, Charizards are, uh, they're up there. And it's not just Charizards either. Like, you know, Gar- certain Gyarados, like Sean McKay was telling me that he bought a ton of Gyarados, uh, like old ones. And I was like, did you pay? He's like, yeah, they're actually pretty expensive. Like the older cards are just yeah. so much money now. So inflation has hit, like Ooh. we said, like every trading card game. So if, I wish I had my old Pokemon cards, but of course, you know, yeah, those are gone. I did gone not take care. Of, I didn't even have them sleeved. I don't think I did not take care of my, like when I was a child, I did not take care of my Pokemon cards. They were just in a stack on my dresser or something or like a binder. I actually these. did. I had sleeves and uh, those plastic card covers super early. Cause my uncle, my uncle collected like baseball cards and like the hard cover, the hard ones, yeah. like top loaders. Yep. 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 So I remember speaking of the card market going up, there's no way he still has this just because of how many years have passed. I don't know where it would be now, but my uncle had a Shaq rookie card. God damn if we could find that now. Jeez. A Shaq rookie? Yeah, that I mean, I feel like that's like life changing like life changing money and value yeah. with that one. I, yeah. Anyway, before but, uh, I get too depressed. Yeah, I know, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I think about stuff like that. Like I'm sure that there is something or some things that I had uh long ago that would now be worth several thousands of dollars just because of how inflation has affected the trading card market. It's not even, it's not even um, crazy to say like old cards are just worth infinite now, period. Like the end, they're just worth infinite. And they really are. there's really no, again, there's really no like real reason why they suddenly jumped. Uh, I think the pandemic just accelerated people's boredom and they were like, you know what? I'm just going to charge it for this. Like, I'm just going to charge the sky and if someone is willing to pay it it is what it is and people just started paying it so that's where it we are now it fucking is uh it's fucked up what do you think about pokemon go like that craze that started the 2015 2016 era of people I, um, in real life adults children everyone literally glued to their phone for hours on end i uh, unfortunately i didn't really get into it i kind of i do wish i did but at the end of the day I'm not too mad that I didn't get into it because I don't I don't think the game was good, which is why I didn't really get into yeah. it. But like I try, I really did try. Like I downloaded it and it was very glitchy when it first came out and yep. it didn't really work all that well when it first came out. And so I tried, tried, tried to get it to work and I just couldn't get it to work right. Like it was always really I remember I was on some vacation, some I don't remember. I remember I was in a hotel when it came out. And I was I was watching my brother. My brother was in the pool. I was sitting by the pool and I was trying to get it to work and I just couldn't get it to work. And I tried for like a week. Like I stopped three days later, I tried again. Anyway, I just couldn't get to work and I was like, whatever, fuck it. And then on top of that, I didn't think the game was that good anyway. When I did see it played, it was whatever. But I think it's really cool what it did for just the fucking world. Yes. Like everybody was just like so communal Pokemon, and friendly. Like I know you played it a lot. Yes. You and you played so it. So let me get into my let me get into my story about Pokemon Go. Yeah. So I didn't I re- play it that much. I rejected Pokemon Go when it first came out. I remember I was at Nationals. I feel like I was at nationals for uh, Yu-Gi-Oh nationals in maybe 2015. Um, and it was in Pittsburgh, something, something in Pittsburgh. 
like a vague memory of that. And everyone was playing it. I remember Jeff Jones talking about it. I remember a lot of other players talking about Pokemon Go. And I just was like, I'm absolutely just not here for that at all. Like, I didn't know what it was really, but I just was like, I'm not, I'm not a Pokemon player anymore. I'm kind of done with that. And then I got home from that trip and I started like seeing YouTube videos and then certain people walking down the street, just like staring at their phone. Like, what the fuck is everybody in the trance about this game for? So I downloaded it naturally. Everybody. I downloaded it naturally and I started playing it. And and then next thing I knew, I was literally hooked to Pokemon Go for like several months. And this is when the, uh, the tracker was broke. So like, you know, after, when I first started playing it, the tracker kind of worked. Like, you can see, like, oh, there's a Venusaur there. And, you know, the closer you get to it, like, the bigger or whatever it would get. But then, at some point, the tracker just broke. Like, it just did not work. And the company wasn't very good at the way they dealt with, like, PR. Like, they didn't say if they were going to fix it, really. They just kind of, like, dirtled around. The game had made $25 billion in, like, a year or something crazy like that. So, like, they were super rich at this point. And I, and I just felt like we have been discarded. Like all the customers have been discarded and I still played it for so long every day. So here's how bad it was. I would be at work. Remember I'm an accountant. So I would be at work and I would have my phone on uh, do not turn off screen. So like my screen would never turn off and I would just be sitting there. Like I would be working, but I would also be just have my phone like kind of on the side so that I could always like watch if a Pokemon just popped up in my area. Cause like where my job was, my job I think was actually a gym back then. And, uh, so like randomly, like Pokemon would just like, you know, they'd be wandering around and I would get so excited. And sometimes I would even be like, hey, I'm going to the bathroom real quick. And I would legit walk, oh, man. walk out of my job to like walk around the building to like get a Pokemon. That's how crazy it was. It got me walking outside. Like I used to walk to hatch eggs. Like I used to walk with my friend Medina all the time uh, to we, we walked far. We walked the entire center city, Philadelphia. And we would meet people and we would meet random strangers on the street and we would become like groups for the day. Like we wouldn't even become like long-term friends or anything. We would just be like, today, I just happened to stumble upon this group and me and him would just follow them around. And we would all be like looking for like, oh shit, there's a Charizard there. And we would sometimes run for Pokemon. Like you'd see something and you'd be like, everyone's running towards it. And you'd see people down the street running. And you're like, oh shit, like something must be over there. It was crazy. Yeah, like I, so I, And at the time, I'm a full-on adult at this point. Like I am fully... And, so sick. and I was so hypnotized and, and just like, I couldn't get out of it. I, I was in a trance. I, I used to be at work and think about getting off of work just to play Pokemon. I didn't care about anything else. I wanted to get home, change my clothes and immediately go back out to play Pokemon for like up until like midnight. Like I would even, I get home <laughs> and I wouldn't even think about anything else. I barely would eat. Like I would just be like, I want to play Pokemon go. That was all I did. I used to, uh, so next to my house is a gym as well. And I used to defend the gym. Like I, I was a, was it mystic team mystic? So I was blue. Yeah. And I used to defend the gyms that were like in my area and put my Pokemon up. And every time somebody would take them, I would like wake up at like 3am and check. And if they were taken, I was, so I, would take them. Really I, was I was crazy. I was a psychopath. Like I full on just at an addict. Like I, I have a very addictive personality, which is why I don't do certain things because I just don't trust myself enough because I'm so one, I'm very competitive. And two, did you did you end up spending any money on the game? So, so you said, did I end up spending any money on the game? Yeah, yeah. Did you end up spending any money on the game? Because so, like a, a lot of those phone games, some people end up fucking going so bankrupt playing. Let's talk about that because that's how I knew I was getting a little too far into Pokemon Go. I started to swipe my credit card for Pokemon Go, Ooh, and uh, it, it got bad. It got bad. <laughs> um, I needed uh incubators, and I needed more Pokeballs. 
And I started to buy incubators because that was like the like like I don't know how the game is now, but like the you know the meta thing to do at the time was like you know you need incubators to hatch eggs, and eggs could be pretty much anything. So I used to spend mm-hmm. money on a daily basis on Pokemon Go. I, mean, I was cashing out like a madman. I I couldn't help Ooh. myself. Like I was cashing out, and so I spent a couple hundred dollars in a really short amount of time, right? And they wouldn't fix the fucking tracker. So I remember my friend started to quit out of frustration. Like Medina quit, like other people started to quit out of frustration. And I was the last one holding on. Cause I, I just was like, so in, I loved it so much. And it got to a point where I said, you know what? Cold I didn't turkey. even know this tracker issue. Cause I didn't play. So I didn't even know about this whole track. Oh yeah. You like the, the tracker was a big deal. Cause like you could find Pokemon and then you just like, it got to a point where you just couldn't like you, anything you found was random for a while, like months, like literally months, you would be going around, walking around the city and you wouldn't know what you're going to run into, which, you know, that's kind of cool. But I guess because the game was presented originally with a tracker, everyone was so, like, focused on having one. And th- so the company got a lot of shit for that. But anyway, uh, I spent a lot of money on the game and everyone started quitting. Eventually, when I started learning that people were, like, location spoofing themselves uh, to get stuff, I was like, all right, at this point, like, I'm not about to get involved in the whole location spoofing thing like if people are just going to have so certain pokemon were locked to like the uk or like europe um, yeah i heard about this yeah and like china stuff like that like i think like certain countries had certain pokemon you can only get and i would start to see them in my area a little too much and i was like there's no way right like there's just no way so that started to make me like a little sad and just i didn't want to play it as much and then i just finally stopped i stumbled upon a reddit thread that was like you can actually get back all of your money if you go on Apple, the Apple store, go to the Pokemon Go app and basically write this exact thing. So the guy like put exactly what you need to write. And I like did I did exactly that. It said, essentially, I got into this game under the assumption or like the presumption that, you know, the tracker would be fixed at a certain amount of time. The company said they would fix it or whatever. And it never has been done. It's been it's been months on months on months. It still hasn't been fixed. This game is basically not what I originally purchased. And so Apple refunded every single penny that oh. I spent on Pokemon Go. Like everything. Like, oh. I mean, my entire, whatever I spent got completely Man. refunded. I'm talking about everything. And it was like, it was almost immediate. Like it was the same day they refunded everything. Right. So I was like, wow. Um, so then I went into my Pokemon Go file. Like I opened my file up to see like what the file looked like now. Cause I bought all these incubators and Pokeballs and shit. Right. So I went into the file and I still had all the gold and incubators and everything. And I was like, wow, that like, that's like kind of, kind of crazy. Like I was able to buy stuff and then get my money back for it. And I still have the stuff. So then at that point, right. I was like, okay, I'm not going to scumbag. I said, I'm still completely quitting this game. And I just never played it again. Like literally I have not played Pokemon Go since like 2016. Yes. Literally never went back to it. My fa- I still have Pokemon Go downloaded on my phone and my character's probably still on whatever the, like I wasn't max level, but whatever the max level was at the time, I'm really close to it i would say and i still have all yeah, this like stuff. If it's 50 or 47 yeah, yeah yeah i was probably like 47 or something like that but whatever the max level i think it might have been 40 but whatever the max level was i was like kind of close to it but i just completely stopped playing and haven't opened it up. i don't even know what happens if i open it up now like i don't even know what it looks like i haven't even touched yeah. it but it's still just like on my phone um because every time my- i get a new iphone it just auto downloads like all the apps that i've always had and i um, wish i would love for pokemon go but it to be more similar to a normal Pokemon game, like, uh, like, I, I get that this would be kind of ridiculous, but imagine if it looks like gold and silver, right? It looks like a Game Boy game, but it's 
they map out all of America. Right. So they they just map out America and then but they put Game Boy graphics on it. And as you walk around, you have like a little sprite that's walking around like Game Boy America. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Like that'd be and then it's like the Pokemon and everything was more like normal Pokemon stats yeah, and normal Pokemon. Because that's your gripe with it, right? You said it wasn't a good game, and I get why, because you know real Pokemon, like the original Pokemon. Pokemon Go was basically like you throw balls at the Pokemon, you catch them. Battling wasn't a thing yeah, the, at the time. Like, battling, like if I remember correctly, now I didn't play, but from a lot of what I heard and talked to people and watched, battling a lot of it came down to like, like you had like three stats and like your HP, like HP yeah. was the most important stat. Yeah, like yeah, Vaporeon, yeah. I think was like the meta Pokemon at some point because it Vaporeon was, yeah. just had huge HP. Yeah, Pokemon with big HP were like, yeah, yeah, like and the way battling worked, like you just matched the screen. You just you just kept clicking the screen, and your Pokemon would keep throwing out attacks as fast as like they could and uh it was like ma- it was matching it was not real pokemon at all there wasn't like a dodge yeah. like a real dodge mechanic or there wasn't really like strategy and like i couldn't battle you like if you owned a gym when i went there to take the gym i didn't fight you i yeah, fought you the fought pokemon, my pokemon you left there yes and so like yeah it was you know it just wasn't for me yeah it wasn't real like it definitely wasn't real pokemon uh but the community they it did i thought was amazing what it did for people i, I fucking I, I, I am jealous pokemon I saved that. the way it ended a lot of shit like at the time like people who you like people who you wouldn't expect to i guess be socializing with each other were like socializing with each other which i think is amazing like like humans That's were really just cool. humans just forgot all the nonsense color and social class and all types of shit and they were just like i would go down center city philadelphia and it would be doctors like actual fucking doctors in their scrubs and their white coats and they would be in the park catching pokemon right yeah, next to so, like somebody so who cool. has on a mcdonald's uniform and like that like that is just such a cool thing to me because in what scenario would that be happening like what other scenario where you where, would you see people coming together like that and just Not. like to have fun yeah because it wasn't that like a happen. zero-sum game. It wasn't like, oh, you caught the Charizard, so I can't get the Charizard, you asshole. Like, Fuck. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying. So, all right, so I'll, I'll, I'll pick up where you left off. So you were talking about how people uh, were coming together, like doc- like I was saying, like doctors and McDonald's people, just the community that it, that it brought to the world. Like everyone just, you know, once again, forgetting all their problems and stuff and not yeah. thinking about all the politics of the world. That... I don't know. It just that's yeah. That's that's what made that game beautiful. That I mean, that game, yeah. That that's that's part of what made it really really cool. Cause yeah, it wasn't real Pokemon, like in the sense of what we grew up on or anything like that. It was something completely different, but it just was like it. You know, they were using Pokemon intellectual property. Right? Oh, I remember what I was going to say. That's part of the problem with the tracker not working. Because I remember back when it first came out, one of the big things was like somebody would say, "Hey, there's a Charizard over here." Right. So if you're saying the tracker doesn't work and it just becomes random. It doesn't matter that he found a Charizard over there because if you go over there, it won't be a Charizard. It'll be a Geodude. Or you would just be walking around knowing that there's a Charizard somewhere around. But like, you know, there's a timer on these things. Like the Charizard's not going to be around forever. He's literally he's literally going to disappear at some point. So yep. it would be really frustrating to be like, holy shit, there's a Charizard around and I'm trying to find it. So you're walking and it's for me, it was, I remember the summertime, like it was hot. I would, I would do this shit. It would be 90 degrees and we'd be walking around Center City and trying to find something and then you never find it and that it's just really it's frustrating not, yeah it's really not that, that was the commercial the commercial was like mewtwo was in Times square uh-huh. and everybody fucking runs out to Times square to catch the mewtwo and then yeah. if that doesn't really work correctly it's like hey. i remember some of those viral like um scenes where uh 
you would see like people in actual uh what is it called in new york the, the big park um central park central park there would be people in central park literally running like like I want to say thousands of people, uh, at least hundreds, running for like a Blastoise or a Venusaur or something, just literally losing their goddamn minds over Pokemon. Uh, And those clips, I mean, there were clips like that all over the world, though. It wasn't even just New York. Like that would be happening across the world. Darks, I mean, people fucking died playing that game. Really? People just, yeah, I mean, there's, there were stories of people, um, I didn't fact check many of them, but. I heard enough of them where I think some of them are true. Yeah. Where people just kind of walking in the cars and shit. Yeah. Oh, I know. I think that I know. Is, I, I, do yeah. think I, I heard something along those lines. Like people literally, yeah, putting themselves in danger for Pokemon not paying attention because no one was looking up. Everyone was looking down. We were all in like a zombie. We were like zombies. Yeah. You'd be looking at your screen, like your head's down, you're walking and you're looking at your screen and we're all like zombies. So people walking across the street are running, running across the street, right? Like people were run red lights. Like humans were just running and across just the street. Fucked, yep. Yeah. So I, I remember I hearing see that happening. I remember hearing like a group of guys put like a, a lure, like a pokey lure, or whatever the hell it was, and a spot to basically lure people in and rob them. Oh no. <laughs> and I mean that's fucking awful, but that, the that idea of it is so funny to me. It's like no. I don't know. It's awful. At one point, uh, so outside of people getting themselves hurt by like walking into actual traffic, you also have people playing on their phones while they were driving and uh and and yeah that's horrible the app developers stopped that from being a thing so if you were going too fast and this is kind of annoying for like like running sometimes would actually trigger it but if you're going too fast it literally wouldn't allow you to catch pokemon yeah if you were moving too fast the game will literally say you are moving too fast please slow down and catch Pokemon. And then when you would try to catch a Pokemon, nothing would happen. So it, it eventually it trained everybody to understand, do not try to catch Pokemon when you're driving because the game's not going to allow you. So don't even yeah. don't even attempt it. Don't try to like, oh, I'm going to drive a little slowly because that shit is annoying. Like obstructing uh, obstructing traffic just to like try to catch something. That's fair though. I'm happy that they that they would add that because yeah. that's, I mean, that's people's lives. It is. It was really bad. Like it was, it was drunk driving levels of bad because Pokemon is, is just so fucking big. It is the biggest franchise in the world. And so having several hundred drivers on the road, looking at their phone because they're looking for Pokemon is just not it. Like that shit is not it. Um, No, not at all. But I do. Yeah. We, I think we all agree that it did do some good for the world. And uh, for that, I'm not mad at it. I think it did. I think it did. Conversely, I think the new Pokemon game, if from the Pokemon Unite, Pokemon League of Legends, I know people that like like League of Legends. Nobody that likes League of Legends likes League of Legends, apparently. Everybody hates that game, even the people that love it. So I don't know if Pokemon Unite is going to bring the world together. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if it's going to unite us. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Do you want to read some listener letters? Uh, sure. We didn't even touch on anything competitive. Oh, uh, you know what? Let's do that. All right. So let us touch on competitive Pokemon. So like the smogging community, uh, like that whole thing. Like I know you were big into competitive Pokemon on the, like the 3DS and everything. Yeah, I got, I was most into it on the DS era. Okay. Era was on, that's when I played it the most. So what what gen are we talking? Gen four, which is diamond, pearl, platinum, heart, gold, soul, silver. So that's the rise of dragons. That is, um, was that the Rise of Dragons? Well, I mean, Salamence got introduced. I think what people call the Rise of Dragons, if I remember, was maybe Gen 3. Okay. That gave us Salamence, Garchomp, Rayquaza, 
Garchomp was Gen 4. Okay. Um, but Salamence, Rayquaza, uh, Flygon, not that Flygon was like super broken, but Salamence was in Salamence was like the first dragon that was really unfair. Um, what made it unfair? He just he actually had good speed. Uh, he had really strong attacking stats and um, his ability in Gen 3, they introduced abilities. Yeah. So like Intimidate, thick uh, fat. Flash Fire, Thick Fat. Dragon Knight being the original dragon wasn't all that impressive until Gen 5. But in Gen 3, Salamence had Intimidate, which mean when he came in, he lowered the Pokemon's attack that he came in on, which just made him really bulky. And then he could, essentially, he would switch in, you would switch him in, and then... Well, he'd do this every time you switched him in? Like, if you switched any Anytime you switched him in, he'd lower the enemy's attack by one stage. Wow. Um, and... Damn, and it's a he whole would, stage, too. He would do that, and then basically... That would essentially make them bulkier because they have less attack. You switch them in on stuff that, like, when you're playing competitive, you know what you're switching in on. So anyway, you switch Salamence in. If they attack you, like, you're not really threatened by anything they would hit you with. And if they switch, cool, it's a free switch. So they'll switch Pokemon so that new Pokemon won't have their attack lowered, but they give you a free turn. So typically, they would switch. Your Salamence would Dragon Dance. You'd get a free Dragon Dance. And then from there, like, good luck stopping them. Um, Or... If you knew enough about the opponent's team, you would predict their switch in. You'd hit the switch in Pokemon with a really strong move and either kill it outright or like damn near cripple it so that you kill it next turn. Yeah. Salamence was very, very pressing. But Gen 4 is the gen I played the most. That's the generation I really got into. I played in a bunch of tournaments on a bunch of different websites, played on Smoggin. Uh, at first, in Gen 3, when I first get, started getting the Pokemon, me and my friends played with like simple, all legends are banned. Was how we played until yeah. we found out about, about like, smog and OU and UU overused yeah. and underused Ubers. We found out about smogging and we looked at it and we were like, hey, this kind of makes sense. Because the, the argument that essentially is made is that some Pokemon that aren't like some legends just suck and some Pokemon that aren't legends right. are OP as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, expect like when you look at Tyranitar, Moltres, Zapdos, Articuno, the three legendary birds are fucking dog shit. I mean, Zapdos is really good actually, but outside of Zapdos, like, Articuno and Moltres are not comparable to Tyranitar. Like not even fucking close. And so we would play Tyranitar legal, but Zapdos and Articuno ban. Like that doesn't really make any sense because they're not even good. So anyway, Tom went on. We found Smog and we got really in the Smog and rule set. And then that's and Gen 4 is when I started playing uh, on my DS, Wi-Fi, on multiple different websites. I played on this thing called Shoddy Battle, which was like Smoggin's sort of service to play online over the internet with your computer. Uh, there was also a thing called Pokemon Online, which is like a application. And then in Gen 5, they we had Pokemon Showdown, which was a website, a browser website. And that's mostly what everybody plays competitive with online now. But I got really into it Gen 4 because that's when you could play Wi-Fi. And that's when I entered like a bunch of tournaments and played it a shit ton. And it's my favorite generation in terms of competitive by far. Yeah, you pretty much taught me everything there is about competitive Pokemon. I didn't even really know about Smoggin before I met you. And yep. seeing that there was like a whole community, like a Reddit thread, basically, you know, like a message board that just had all of this competitive information and teams and anchors and Smoggin just how you the truth, man. The co- like having a core on your six. And it was really cool just to know that, like, holy shit, there's this entire community of competitiveness that exists out there that I could be a part of. And at the time, obviously I was already mainly into into Yu-Gi-Oh. Yep. But um, you remember, I I wanted to jump in so bad. Like you would show me stuff. And we spent, 
I remember one night in particular, you in my basement sitting right next to me, next to my computer. And you were there the whole night watching yep. me go through forums, battle people. I was playing people online. Literally playing You were watching people. me play people, and you were asking me a bunch of questions. We were reading um, battle logs. Like people would upload. Yeah, I like that. People would upload like their whole battle they had with somebody. And then what like, they the were thinking of it at the time. And what they were thinking. Yep. Yeah, I turn. thought that shit was so cool because essentially it's like watching a duel um where you get to hear commentary from the people who were in the duel like at this time i thought that he had this and i thought he was switching to this and yep. i didn't i didn't know sick. i'm trying to bait out like because i know at the time you didn't know exactly what six the other person had right so like yeah in gen four there was no what we call team preview and gen four is my favorite generation because it had in, ge- in generation four when you played competitive when the, when the match would start it would just show six pokeballs and you don't know what's on the other team so there was a concept of having a lead. So you, you would design your team. This is the Pokemon you send out first. Every single time you send this Pokemon out first. And this Pokemon has a role to set up your team's plan, to set up your team's goal. Right. Now you would have backup. Obviously you, you need backup plans and et cetera, but this guy has a, a role that he's going to do almost. So like Tyranitar doing Sandstorm at the beginning of the battle. Yes. Cause when Tyra, when Tyranitar hits the field, he would automatically make Sandstorm happen. He didn't have to use a move. It was his right. ability. So that would be like people starting Pokemon, right? Like they would start the battle off with that? Yes, but not not always. Like Tyran- okay. Tyranitar could do that, but sometimes you would like... Tyranitar in Gen 4 was just an absurdly good Pokemon, regardless of Sandstream. Okay. Sandstream was an extra bit, but there were Sandstorm teams. Gen 5 is when you we, we get into what's called the Weather Wars, Gen 5, every competitively viable team was a weather team. And that's like um, the Swift Swim Drizzle getting like ridiculous. That's when Swift Swim Drizzle Claws happened and they got rid of that. And, and Drizzle was still one of the best teams in the game. Um, but Gen 4, there was there was team preview. So, like, for example, uh, Azelf was a really common lead where he would have a Focus Ash on and Stealth Rock. And basically, he would come out, he'd be almost guaranteed to get Stealth Rock out because he's really fast. And Focus Ash makes it so he lives one hit. But he would also have taunt so that he could he because he's fast, he could stop other Pokemon from using stealth rocks, etc. So you could taunt them to stop them from getting any setup. You can use your stealth rock, and then he would have explosion. So that even when you did hit him and he's at one HP, he would use explosion, which was a 250 base power move. Oh my god. And it halved the Pokemon's defense. So your defense got cut in half, and it was a 250 base power move. So you, you would literally send out a Zelf, set up stealth rock. And then like explode, and yeah. then you didn't care that your self poke- was dead because like right, it did you so much. You're dead. Yeah, and yeah. Stealth Rock just stays out there the entire time, right? Like that's just yeah. Unless you use Rapid Spin, yeah. But Rapid Spin, especially in Gen Four, was kind of hard to fit on onto a team. And even if you did, the amount of Pokemon that could use it were limited, so you could kind of predict it, and then you would have like Gengar or some other Ghost type to come in. And because Rapid Spin is a normal move, if you send out a Ghost type, it wouldn't work. Oh, so it wouldn't even wipe away the Stealth Rocks or the Spikes and all that stuff. It would just whiff. Not if, Yeah, not if a Ghost type was out. No. Oh, so there was like, there's so many, and that's what I thought was so cool. That's why I really started to get into it because there's like layers. It's there's like, a lot of layers. It's not just Rock, Paper, Scissors, Water, Fire, Grass. There's a lot more. There was a fucking Pokemon. Inception in Pokemon competitive play. Like literally it's like, okay, I think he's going to do this next, but if he thinks that I think that he thinks that, then he's going to do this instead. And like, yeah, there was a lot of reads calling people out. There was a, there's a lot of crazy concepts. Like there's a pretty high level thing that 
like a lot of people don't really do, especially back then. I think it's more common now, maybe, but I don't follow the competitive scene as closely now. But uh, double switching. When I first started double switching, it was basically, I'm just going to use really simple examples. But, you know, let's say I had a fire type out and they had a water type out, right? I would switch to my grass type. Okay. And then they would see that. They would see I switched to my grass type. And it's so their next turn, they're like, oh, I don't want my water type to die. I'm going to switch to my fire type to get rid of the grass type. So you would literally, I would switch to my Venusaur, let's say. Like they have Blastoise out, I have Charizard. I switched to Venusaur. So then they switched to Charizard. But and instead of on this turn now trying to use Solar Beam or Razor Leaf or whatever, I switch right in the um I switch right in the Blastoise because I know they're going to bring out their Charizard to counter this Venusaur. Right. So now instead of like, so now what happens is like I've now put them in a situation where it's like I switched and then switched again. Cause I knew they were going to switch. Yeah. And it creates, it, it just really creates this really rough checkmate situation where people they are on the back foot. They're like, do I switch again? Is you want to switch again, again? Yeah. Like, like, what are we doing here? Cause you, you guys can both just keep going back and forth switching, I guess. Right. Yeah. And then in gen four, another cool thing was because you didn't know all the Pokemon on your team, you were able to, you could make predictions. Like if I saw your Pokemon and I, there was a whole thing about keeping your Pokemon hidden. Like I'm going to keep my Trump card hidden. Make it make it so they don't even know I have this. Because you're gonna have something that comes out and sweeps at the end. Exactly. And so a cool thing would be looking at like, okay, they they've used these four Pokemon. Looking at the composition of those four Pokemon, what those four Pokemon do, like you then figure out, you go, what is what's his fifth and sixth Pokemon? Yeah. And you would have to, without ever seeing it, guess like he's got a he's got a Starmie still waiting in the wings. Right. He's got Tyranitar, or he's got um um Criselia. Remember Scizor? Scizor was bullet the best, punch. Like, oh he my was insane. God, at that time, that like bullet punch was so because it had like the stab thing going on with it. And then yeah, Scizor, when they give Scizor a bullet punch, he was the most used Pokemon for a long time. Yep. I remember just thinking, Not like, holy shit, here comes Scizor to like clean up. Like that Pokemon yeah. was crazy. I remember uh at Red Caps, I was playing this one guy, and the whole time he didn't know who I was at the time, and the whole time he's like talking shit and he's like calling me a scrub and all this other stuff. And then um, I I had a Pokemon out. And so at this time, I didn't know. I didn't see his Scizor yet. Yeah. Because of how good Scizor was, I knew that Scizor was on his team. Yeah. So I sent out a Pokemon to bait Scizor in. And then basically like a double switch, I switched to Magnazone on the turn without even seeing. I knew he was going to bring Scizor in. He switches <laughs> in Scizor. I switch in Magnazone. Magnazone has an ability called Magnetol which means Steel-type Pokemon can't switch out. Oh, no. And so he brings in his Scizor. I bring in Magnezone before even knowing, like, before even seeing proof Scizor was there. And I just did Hidden Power Fire and killed his Scizor, and he was so fucking mad. Like, <laughs> so fucking angry. So I just, I was just like, I knew Scizor was coming. And shit like that, it was so fun. Yeah, that makes you feel good, though. Like, you fucking outplayed him. Like, literally... I'll play. You called them out. You were like, yeah, yeah. I know what you're going to do here. And Starting in Gen 5 and forward, you, there was team preview, and you could see the whole team. Yeah, so that's a whole the game element starts. of the game. Like, that's not a part of the yeah. game anymore. Like, I um, I never like – I still don't like that. There's some people that do. There's pros and cons to it. I don't like it because there was yeah. a whole aspect of the game that I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the lead meta. I really enjoyed figuring out what would be on your team by pro- by just using process of elimination. Yeah. Um, so I just really enjoyed a lot of those aspects. I'm going to relate that to some Yu-Gi-Oh too, because, you know, in ARGs and Top Cut and in other competitive games too, um, 
And ARGs, though, in Top Cut, they would give you the opponent's deck list. Now, I'm, I'm just remembering this now, but like you would get, like, if I'm playing Billy Break, I know Billy's 40 cards, or I should say his 70 cards, his extra deck and side deck, too. Like, I know all of the cards that Billy has that written down. I literally everything a, at his disposal. You know, I, I literally get a copy of his deck list before the match. He gets a copy of my deck list. So if I did not know that Billy is playing one random torrential tribute in his deck, like I know now, and I know that if he sets a back row, you know, I can assume like it, yeah. it, at worst case scenario is that torrential tribute that he has and he doesn't have any of a trap. So he's even bluffing it or that actually is that torrential. Um, so that does take an element out of the game, but then they thought that it would like, and I can see it from both sides. Yeah, it has they, pros and cons. It has they, pros and they cons. They figure like, okay, if everyone knows everyone's deck list and we're all on the same level, because what could also happen on a contrary, right? Let's say my friend played Billy already. And they're like, yo, Frazier, Billy has a torrential tribute in his deck and you should look out for it because that's how he won against me. Like, and Billy doesn't know what I'm playing now because he doesn't have friends. So, you know, no one told him like Frazier's playing, you know, Ring of Destruction or something. This is an example, by the way. He's not saying, Frazier's not saying Billy has no friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I would never say that. No, but you guys, you. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm fucking around. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, so. So I see, I, I can understand, like, it it gives, it, it, it changes the way the competitive environment works. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make it better or worse, like, guaranteed. Like, I, I don't really, I don't really, like, argue for or against it. It's more so just like, it just changes how you think about everything. Like, now I know your deck list, that there's no secrecy, but I can now know to play around certain things. But it also gives you the ability to bluff certain things that I know you might have. Yeah, it, it definitely changes the landscape of it. I, I see the pros and cons. Like, for example, in Yu-Gi-Oh!, like, I see the benefit of that, right? Yeah. But and I also just like the sure idea. Of, I like the idea of just figuring it you know, out. If I have four poke, if I have four Pokemon, if I have four monsters in attack mode, and he has two set cards, I like the idea of me going like it might be Mirror Force. Yeah, but if you notice, that's just not on his deck list. You never turn anything exactly. To like you if, never will turn a monster. I, I think that's like kind of whack. Yeah, I don't know. like yeah, I think there's it, there's benefit to it, but I I like the idea of like he might have me and like he doesn't even have mirror force in his side deck main deck, but I if I and he sets two like he can bluff mirror force without yes. even being in and his I deck. guess and I, I like guess that. in that way yeah and that way is really cool right because like I said you get the ability to pretend that something is there that isn't there, uh, but I guess you could do that both ways. But yeah, it, we could probably talk about this for like yeah you can talk hour. about it, it forever. Could, it could go, but imagine how good it must feel right where yeah. you fuck you set an MST. Like you see, he has four monsters. Yeah. And you go set him. You go set. And he puts pass, two monsters in defense, and mode. then he switches to defense mode. And you're like, I don't even play Mirror. Force. Yeah, I don't even play. It. I set like this MST. Yeah. Like that's it's yeah. Like, that option is taken away from you if they know your deck list. Like yeah. Oh yeah. So if you know that he like has Scizor, like your your Magneton move or whatever it was is not as ridiculous. It's not as cool. It's yeah, not as it's cool. And like, he now looks out for it because now he knows I have Magnus. Oh, yeah, that's also true. Yeah, like he would see that and be like, oh, this guy's not about to get me with that shit. Like, I'm going to wait until he throws that out to kill it and then exactly. my scissor will come out. So, yeah, it actually changes the entire dynamic. Like, he's going to try to get you to throw that Pokemon out first. Yep, yep. Um, and so that it changes a lot because, yeah. So in Gen 4, you would do, like, you would try to hold your main trump card back as long as you can because yeah. you're like, I want to bring him in when it's time for him to sweep. Um. I really so like this. I love. You would I love play. Yeah, you would play around like you would. Sw- you would do everything you can, but without compromising. It, it was really fun. Gen yeah. five and Gen six were still really good. After Gen six, I, I really fell out of love with competitive Pokemon. Gen six was the last generation I, I really liked. That was X and Y with uh, Mega Evolutions. 
I enjoyed X and Y a lot. Uh, starting with Sun and Moon and Forward, I found competitive Pokemon that just not really be for me. I, I really don't like a lot of the changes that they made. Both Game Freak, the game creators made. I don't like a lot of the changes they made. I also don't like a lot of the, some of the decisions uh, Smogin has made over so the let's years. Talk about, let's talk about some of the things that have happened to actual Pokemon, like Game Freak. Like, so <laughs> we got Z-Moves, Mega Evolutions, Dynamax. Which one of yep. those is like, which, like, did you like Dynamax? How do you feel about Dynamax it? is one of the worst things they've ever introduced for competitive, why? in my opinion. So, so to explain why, I'm going to have to start with Mega. Okay. Mega, they introduced Megas, and I think Megas are really cool. My only, I only have one gripe with Megas, and that's that if you know Pokemon, you know that the most evolutions a Pokemon have are three stages, like the Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard, Squirtle, Wartortle, Blastoise, right? Um, you know, whatever. Just yeah. But then you have some Pokemon that there's only one form where Pinsir is just one form. Yeah. You have some Pokemon that are two forms, Growlithe, Arcanine. Okay. The thing I hate about Mega Evolutions is they gave some Mega Evolutions to two-form Pokemon like Houndwar and Houndoom. In my opinion, instead of Houndoom getting a Mega Evolution, they should have just evolved Houndoom into what yeah. is Mega Houndoom. They yeah. should have just made that as evolution instead of it being a Mega Evolution. I think Mega Evolution should have only been for three-stage Pokemon right. you or single-stage Pokemon. Fully build it out. Yeah. But okay, I see what you mean. That that has nothing to do, really do competitive. That's just like right. That's just like that, something that you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Mega Evolution was really cool. I actually think it was really cool and competitive. I like Mega uh, Evolution, especially those fucking Charizards. The Charizard from X. I yep. think it, whichever one was black. That yeah, Charizard yeah, X. That shit looks so cool. The blue fire, the black skin. Like, he was tough as fuck. Oh my god! And he also well, that one wasn't a dragon though, right? Though no, the, the Charizard X was fire dragon. Oh, it was okay. It was fire. Yeah, Charizard dragon. Y was fire flying with okay. drought. Um and Charizard X was Fire Dragon with Tough Claws. Oh man, it looks so cool seeing Charizard finally be considered the dragon too. Yeah, that shit was sick. So my favorite mega, um, my favorite kind of story, but with that is my favorite mega was Mega Lucario. Besides Mega Blaziken that got fucking insta banned. Yeah. Um, but Mega Lucario I loved mainly because I always liked Lucario and Mega Lucario I thought was so good when it came out. And I remember a large part of the community telling me Mega Lucario was bad because they were saying Life Orb Lucario out damages him. They were like, Life Orb Lucario does more damage. He's better. And I don't know why this was so hard for a lot of people to understand. Mega Lucario was faster and had more bulk and didn't take recoil damage from Life Orb. But for a long time, people were thought Life Orb Lucario was better than Mega Lucario. And then I remember Mega Lucario getting banned and me being like, I thought he wasn't good. Right. Everybody <laughs> told me he wasn't good. Now he's banned. What the fuck? I remember playing in a tournament one time and somebody called my team a gimmick because I was playing Mega Lucario. Because they you're assumed, only allowed one, one mega on a team. Well, you're right? only allowed one mega. Right. Yeah. And I had Gengar on my team. One of my thought processes was Gengar and Lucario. Gengar is a better Pokemon than Lucario. Yes. Mega Gengar is broken. He got banned before Mega Lucario. Yes. But I was like, as, as individual Pokemon, Gengar is better than Lucario. So I would rather use Mega Lucario because Gengar is already good. Whereas Lucario at this time, I don't think was that good, honestly. But Mega Lucario was really good. Anyway, the point is, the guy assumed I was playing Mega Gengar because Gengar was on my team. Yeah, he saw and, it and was like, oh shit. And so when I killed him with Mega Lucario, like he was, he basically said my team was a gimmick. And I was like, okay, anyway. Like move on next next part of the tournament. Like, yeah. I just beat him. He was mad. I moved on. Yeah. But I, I remember a lot of key situations. I can't remember the exact playout, but Latios, who's like really broken. Somebody like you psychic on my on my Lucario, my Mega Lucario. Lucario survives the hit. I hit back, and then I was able to kill Latios next turn with Extreme Speed. 
Normal Lucario would have never did that because he would either just died from the psychic or he would have died from life orb recoil because like he would have hit him. Psychic would have did a ton of damage and then life orb recoil, he would have died. But because Mega Lucario has so much more bulk and the life orb doesn't have recoil, he's able to just use extreme speed next turn. And then I swept their team. Like I won the game because I was using Mega Lucario. Yeah. And there was a lot of people for a brief period of time that just because life orb did more damage, they were like, he's better. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. Yeah, like you were a little ahead of the curve on that one. Anyway, uh, that was a tangent. Megas so were really Megas. cool. You can only have one. They were really cool. They, they changed the way that Pokemon worked. Then there was Z-moves and Sun and Moon. Z-moves were like... The thing about Megas is only certain Pokemon could be Mega. So if somebody had a Pikachu, you, you'd be like, okay. Like, you would never be like, he's going to turn into Mega Pikachu. <laughs> so there was a meta in knowing which Pokemon could even become a Mega. Yeah. So that's Sun why a Gengar on your team was like a scary thing because the guy's like, oh God. That's going to be Mega Gengar. Yeah. yeah. Or Mega Kangaskhan or whatever. Yeah. With Z-moves, you just gave a Pokemon the crystal. Any Pokemon on your team could be the Z, could just use a Z-move at so any So that time. shit could come from anywhere. So it could come from any Pokemon, yeah. Uh, I didn't really like Z-moves. They were just like, it was just like one super big broken move that would usually just like cause a huge swing and like, you know, whatever. I didn't really like it. They weren't horrible, but they didn't. They weren't they, as fun to me. Did they just guarantee kill a Pokemon? Basically, like is that pretty much like pretty much? They'd be like two hundred base power. Like they'd be just insanely strong. They would have some crazy extra effect a lot of times. Like they they were just usually like okay, boom, like you're dead. And yeah, you can only use it once if I remember correctly. But it was just really fucking broken. You can only use it one time. Though. Yep. Uh, so then we go past Z moves to Dynamax. Now, here's the problem with Dynamax. Dynamax <laughs> is Mega Evolution and Z-Moves as the same mechanic plus. So Jeez. Dynamax, any one of your Pokemon can use it. In addition to that, they don't need a hold item. For Mega Evolution, you need a Mega Stone, right? So that means that whatever your hold item is, it's you can't have leftovers or like yeah, whatever. You, you need can, Mega yeah. Stone. For Z-Moves, you need a Z-Crystal. That's part of what balanced it. Like this Pokemon can't right. have so Pokemon that Mega Z-crystal. evolved and Pokemon that did the Z moves, they had to hold something so they couldn't be holding anything else. Exactly. Right. For Dynamax, you don't have to decide ahead of time which Pokemon is the Dynamax Pokemon. And for Z crystals, as much as I didn't like Z moves, I had to decide ahead of time that this Pikachu was the Z move. Yeah. And none of my other Pokemon had that Z move. For Dynamax, it's just. You don't, none of your Pokemon have to hold a special item. So at any point in time, any one of your Pokemon could Dynamax at any point, and there's nothing, there's no pre-thought that goes into it. It's like any one of these can, can just Dynamax whenever I see fit. And then when that happens, they get all of their moves, their whole move set becomes Z-moves. All of their moves become like grand versions of their moves that have crazy side effects. They get gigantic. Their HP doubles. Um, they just become completely unfair. And they keep it for three turns. So they get so with Z moves, you got a Z move and you can only use it once. For Dynamax, you get your whole your whole thing becomes Z moves for three fucking turns and you have yeah. double HP. And so then, it could be any Pokemon. It's just it was so whack. So, it's then so whack. What happens in a Dynamax? So like do people, oh, you Dynamax, so now let me Dynamax my guy too. So that, that way we're kind of like sometimes on in Smog and it's just banned. Okay, good. They just banned it in smog. And com- so in competitive, it is not allowed. Or yeah, at least smog and competitive. And smog and competitive. In VGC, um, which is the official Pokemon Company competitive rule set, uh, it's still allowed. VGC's official rule set is it's always doubles, 
Um, so it's two V twos, uh, as in you send out two Pokemon at a time, not two people. Yeah. Um, it's two V twos and Dynamax is still allowed. Um, but in Smogon, which is the, the format that I've always played, it, it's been banned. Um, so, so I can't even really tell you what the, what the meta would be because they just, they got rid of it. Yeah. That's good. And you know, they, they never banned Z moves and they never banned Megas. So I've, you know, I feel like that kind of goes to say how ridiculous Dynamax is. Yeah. They felt like it wasn't a good competitive environment yeah. with that shit around and i i can understand that because like you said i mean for all the reasons you mentioned it can come from anything you don't really give up anything to use it like you give not, up nothing you yeah. give up nothing to use it so it's, it's just, just random like, it feels really random okay and so like you're just you're just like oh this pokemon's out here and all of a sudden oh, this pokemon is now fucking three stories high and it's about yeah. to start wrecking shit and all the moves do crazy shit like the wind moves the flying moves like it's a gigantic strong flying attack but then it also raises your speed like God. so you get to do fucking 300 damage and your pokemon speed increases it's like yeah. okay uh, yeah so i'm about to sweep i'm about to sweep whatever you got going on over there for three turns like yeah like fighting moves would raise your attack like every move did something else as well yeah. it's like they were really strong and did crazy shit also you couldn't use protect on them if i remember like if i used protect that move would just like hit through it i think oh, it would do like half oh, damage no. but i'm That's pretty sure actually, it would just hit through it that's wild too so they were just ridiculous, man. Yeah. Dynamax was trash. Did they hit through substitutes and all that too? Or is that like a thing? Because I know substitute was a big part of the meta back in the day. Well, I don't remember if they hit through substitutes. Okay. But yeah, know. whatever. Like they point is they were they are insane. Cause that's still the current gen. Yeah, because that's the current that's the current yeah, meta. They are insane. Um all right. Well, I mean that great discussion on competitive Pokemon like yeah, game. I can yeah. I know you I, can talk on that shit. Forever. We can talk forever. I would love to talk about it again soon. At yeah, some point in yeah, the future, we definitely. Can. I love talking all, about Pokemon. All of these podcasts are not one and done. The topics like we're going to come back to Pokemon and everything. Like every single one of these is going to be revisited at some point. Uh, but let's jump over to our listener letters. Yep. So we had some letters from last week and also some new ones uh, that we want to read. So if you guys have anything that you want us to read out loud on the show, or you have comments or something that you want us to discuss. Uh, please send them to IamNerdPodcast at gmail.com and we may read them aloud on the show. So this listener letter comes from Austin and he says, so I've been watching the progression series by Simo on YouTube and definitely brought back a lot of memories. What would be some of the favorite formats that you guys have played? Personally, any format Gladbys are viable in just because it's my favorite deck and I've played it since 08. Um, definitely favorite format was quick draw synchro format with drill warrior. It felt like a really balanced format in my opinion. I remember drill warrior. So I guess his question is what would be some of the favorite formats that we played then? Uh, I'll, I'll go first. So I really enjoyed, uh, when, which is when I consider myself to like first start to become good at the game, I would say it's 2008 and it's like the teledet era. I had the full deck. I got the crush car, three teleports, malicious, D draws. I got everything. And I had just come off of topping a bunch of regionals with the deck. I had come off of topping the format before that. I, I was using Diamond Dew Turbo. I believe in the dad return format, because I didn't have dark arms like that, I was using Diamond Dew Turbo. And I topped a regional with Diamond Dew Turbo as well. I think I might even go undefeated. Like, I think I went 10 and 0. But I topped a regional with Diamond Dew Turbo. And that deck made me feel like I was starting to get a lot better at the game too. But when Teledad came out, Teledad really made me feel like I was getting better at the game because of the mirror matches were 
Like Diamond Turbo just killed you. Like it was an OTK deck. Tell that was more so like, yes, it can OTK you, but for the most part, it was a slower, like back and forth. I wing blast your card on the end phase. I summon Stardust. I attack your guy. Like, and I used to win a lot of those mirror matches, uh, especially at like my locals. And it made me feel really like I'm I'm understanding how to beat people. I'm I'm recognized as one of the better players in the Philadelphia area. Um is to the, yeah, so at this time, like that we don't really have a Philadelphia YCS champion. I don't think Silverman has won a YCS yet. Uh, I don't even think I, he might have topped a YCS at this point, but I don't think anyone from Philly has like won the big the big deal yet. And uh, so we're all like vying to get better. But I wasn't really traveling at the time because I just that just wasn't a thing for me. I was really young, at, and so I still hadn't been traveling to YCS. So I went the entire format essentially with the Teledad deck, but not getting to really play in a YCS with it to like test how good I had become. So I, I mean, to this day, I'll never know if I was actually good or not in that format, but, um, or like truly good. Like I, I knew I was good, but I don't know if I was good enough to stack up to like the YCS competition because it is different. And so tell that's one of my favorites, especially like that's like the Dawn of Synchros basically like Stardust just comes out, go your guardian, like all of that, you know, black Rose, like that whole thing. I love that entire period of Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, just real quick, the other one would be 2011 plants, I would say. I, I, yeah, because at this point now, so I'm like, I've won a YCS and I am topping events. I've topped a bunch of events now in 2011. I think I topped like five YCSs and I felt really accomplished because I topped YCSs with different decks. Like, I would make it a point to switch my deck after I would top with YCS. So I would top with Dragoonities. I would talk with agents. I would talk with X Sabers and I would change my deck every time, basically. And then we got to the end of that year. This is before Billy Break won. And it's now Toronto 2011. So this is his first event winning. And I'm playing plants and like, I do really well at the Toronto YCS. I actually played Billy last round of Swiss. Um, he beats me and then we both top the YCS. He ends up winning. I get knocked out. I just remember like being so hungry. Like, okay, I really want to like play more plants because plants, the mirror matches felt good. Playing against other decks felt good. There was so much like, do you summon Thunder King? Do you summon Tour Guide? Do you summon like saying, like, you know, you had so many options of like what to do in certain places. Uh, and, and it wasn't really an OTK format. So it was very grindy, very slow, which I prefer. And I like those formats too. I like when you get to play Yu-Gi-Oh! Same. Like, like just same. Like, I, I like where it's not turn one setup board. And if you don't deal with the board, you actually lose the game right then and there. There's no question about it. Like, I, I'm not a fan, which is why I don't really play right now. But like, you know, back then it was very slow, very grindy. You could, you, you could draw a bad hand, like an unplayable hand and actually play out of it because you got that much time. Like somebody with someone reborn Tango and attacking for 1700. Like, okay, I'm not anywhere near dying. And even next turn when they go summon Thunder King on top of that, I'm still nowhere near dying from the next attack. Like, it's it, you know it just made you feel um like you had time to like okay i can draw out of a situation or i could play around certain things and uh it's not all like this heavy emphasis on one turn you better use it all yeah yeah uh, i'm uh yeah i'm similar i i'm my f- i would say as i said before i the deck i almost always played was monarchs um Year after year, like I would always just kind of update my Monarch deck. I just really, really, really liked Monarchs. So I played them in like every format. Um, like I did well with them. I didn't go to that many YCSs. Like I never topped the YCS, but I did pretty good at regionals. I topped a few regionals and I remember just playing at locals and stuff with my Monarch deck and updating it. I liked the fact that the deck wasn't um, an archetype. Like I, I liked that it didn't feel like the deck made itself 
like Light Swords are really fun, Black Wings, all those decks are really fun. But I enjoyed just because I remembered, you know, quote unquote old school Yu-Gi-Oh, where you kind of just like put cards together that ended up working together and comboed together and it felt cool. That's what I liked about Monarchs for so long. And I remember in the plant format using Monarchs and having a lot of fun. And even though I wasn't playing the plant deck, I remember having a lot of fun. My deck felt competitive, even though I wasn't playing right. the main deck. It felt like because that format wasn't just like set up win, because that format was you playing like Yu-Gi-Oh, it felt like I was still able to play the game and not just completely uh, outmatched. Then before that, I just, I just, I don't know. I'm dirty. I like chaos format. Man. Like, oh like, yeah. I, I grew up like, I, I remember playing in chaos format and like, I remember summoning fucking black Luster soldier and, and all that shit. And I, yeah, yeah I remember Yada locking people before Yada was legal for, I feel like a very short time, but yes. uh, I remember Yada locking people and like, I'm dirty. I, I like it. After Chaos, the deck I just played the most was usually uh, Monarchs. Like I played yeah. some form of Monarchs, and I would just tweak it as all the years went by. And like when Synchros came out, it was really fun doing like Treeborn Frog and Level Eater. Like le- like have Level Eater eat like um, eat a level off of Mobius or whoever. Have Level Eater come out and then use that for Synchro fodder. Like that shit was a lot of fun. So my favorite format would definitely be like somewhere around 2011. I don't remember the names of all the formats, but I remember that plant format being in 2011 and playing Monarchs. And I remember liking that format a lot. And uh, and then before that, like chaos and shit, yeah. playing Warriors. I, and- I like honestly, I like most Yu-Gi-Oh formats except the most toxic ones. Like I'm not going to vouch for Frog FTK, even though I did play a lot of Frog FTK. Uh, you did. Was, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and I made a lot of people angry at my local, especially like the really older guys who just got crazily mad at me because I would destroy them. And then game two, when they would go to side deck, I would just say, you win game two. And then I'm going first again, game three, and I would do it again. And they'd be like, you motherfucker. I remember that. I remember you playing. I don't remember the guy's name. And if you, I'm sure you'll remember. Oh, I remember him. That's not who I was going to talk about. Okay. I remember him. He used to get on my fucking nerves. He, he would do the same shit to me. I remember because I knew him when I was really little. Yeah. And same. he used to beat me because he was like an adult. But when I became like a teenager and played him, I started beating him a lot. Mm-hmm. And then he used to get so because he remembered me. Yeah. And remembered like me. Being yeah. People have man. that ego. They don't like I got to, I even said it in an episode one or two, like where I don't like losing to someone that never beat me. Like I kind of just yeah. have like this thing where like you never beat me before. So I'm going to make you work for it. And I don't want you to win. But I was going to say during Frogs, I can't remember the guy's name, but you played somebody that said like Frogs weren't that hard, something like that. And basically somebody was telling you that you could, they would beat you with Frogs oh, and you yeah. like mirror match them with Frogs and just like, and like murder them each. But I don't remember the exact situation. You might remember the story better than me. Um, but somebody saying Frogs weren't that hard or weren't that good or something like yeah, that. Yeah. People would like, try to say stuff like, yeah, people would try to say like Frog FTK wasn't, wasn't difficult to play. And then you watched them like misplace certain things. I'm like, you yeah, there was a lot of misplays. You can make that game. Like that was like, you literally had to start your turn off. You play this card, discard, treat like treeborn frog discard that stay in my face bring it back summon substitute tribute 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 but you didn't see that yeah i remember that but yeah i, w- I would agree any format of Yu-Gi-Oh where it feels like you get to play Yu-Gi-Oh, like there's more than three turns i i would have fun in uh the formats that i don't like is when yeah it's just set up when like i don't know like i remember uh what was it windups yes windups is atrocious uh windups was you- like set up win yeah, like, well, set up win or my turn takes your entire hand away so you can't even play anyway. Yep. Like, windups is one of the first decks that consistently turn one, like, you you don't have a hand. Like, I'm taking away all of your cards and then the game remember, becomes very, like... Remember those two dinosaurs? The two dinosaur to exceed summons? Yeah. Like, one was, like, fucking solemn and... Yeah, Logia and Dalka. 
So Man. evils, evils are they? <laughs> yeah, the evil sars dog. They were too much. That that like, if I remember the deck that, wasn't that good, but those two exceed monsters were the shit. Yeah, well, the deck was the best deck because of those exceed monsters. Like the deck yeah. when you look when you looked at the deck on paper, you see like six normal monsters, some tour guides, and then like a bunch of spells and traps. So it, it looks like okay, what is like what is this? But then. If you open Rescue Rabbit, it was just it was too much. Like the, we didn't really we didn't have kaiju's back then, so there wasn't really like an easy way to out those evils are exceed summons. They were just so oppressive, and uh, a lot of a lot of the good Yu-Gi-Oh players at the time would complain about how it feels kind of skillless and that whole thing. Um, yeah, that format very very chaotic. I'll just call it chaotic. Um, you know, like ten years ago, Sean McCabe promised me he would top. He would top original Crystal Beast. He still hasn't done it. Yeah, I I think that Crystal Beast have actually gotten support in the last Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, they've got they've gotten support. I feel like in the last two years. I'm gonna just throw out a, a number like that. Um, but I don't think it. I don't think it's even close to making them competitive. Like I don't yeah, think that it was they, a joke. I always had. I used to always say like, "Oh, you think you're good? Why don't you try topping with Crystal Beast?" I feel like <laughs> one day, right? Because you know, over time things just keep getting support. Maybe one day it'll get so out of hand that like Crystal Beast will be a deck. Maybe, but it will not it will not resemble anything of what we know of crystal beast right now like it will yeah. not you know what i mean like ancient city rainbow ruins like it will not it will be so far from removed from what we used to know as crystal you know beast. it was a really fun format you you might actually know which format it was but when that uh when the starter deck um the machina starter deck came out that format oh, yeah. was fun so that's quick the, draw format that's that's yeah, that Jeff, format was that format was fun. That's as when fun. Jeff won the whatever YCS hundredth, seventy fifth, something like that. Um, that's quick draw. I, I actually played Machina Gadget. I got thirty fourth at that event. Uh, where that it was like Doom Kyle Cat was played by Billy Break. I'm pretty sure Jeff won with Quick Draw Synchron. Uh, people were playing Machina Gadgets. There was also I'm pretty sure Light Swarm was being played. Jarrell Winston yep. was playing the Pet Deck. Uh, and there was monarchs, like monarchs were also in that format. So there was a lot, uh, there was a lot of shit going on. Like there were, that was the first, I want to say that was the first event of that format, um, that Edison, New Jersey, uh, YCS. And so back then at the beginning of any, any format released, even still to this day, I assume, uh, people didn't know what to play. So you just ran into every round, you ran into some shit. Like it was just like, you didn't know what you were going to play against. And I played Mocking the Gadget with that new, like you said, that new starter deck. And it was, it was like Mocking a gear frame. Or yeah. Whatever. Gear frame changed the game. Like that, that guy was actually really he was stretched. Uh, 1800 Stratos for like this big ass monster that you could just summon by discarding himself. Um, yeah. just like, yeah, like what the fuck? And then when he died, he like killed the car in the field. Like he was nuts. He was. And if you targeted him, I think he like looked in their hand and did something. He was, he did, he did. Yeah. He, he was did nutty. He was, he was like, kind of like, he kind of, <laughs> really, like, he's kind of out of control. Um, so that I played, deck is fun as hell. Yeah. I played that deck. I like that deck a lot. Um, that's what, dude, yeah. I want more. It's probably too hard to set up, but you know how goat formats are really popular thing people do. Yes. I would love if people did that for some other format. Yeah, it's it's annoying that goats are like the only format. Well, I won't say that, but like main they're the main format that everyone talks about when they talk about old formats. Like fucking goats is boring. Like get out of here. Like let's play. I don't know. Let's play that format that we were just talking about. Like the Edison, yeah, I would love to just like fuck around with that format. Like, yeah, like let's play. That's 2010. So let's play the 2010 like Edison, New Jersey format where like there are like eight decks to play and. Let's play like 2011 plants again or 2011 X Sabres when McCabe was topping everything with X Sabres and winning a bunch of prize yeah, cards. X like, Any format where top eight is more than fucking two decks. Yeah. I like, I like when the top, 
when you see variety, it's like I'm really in the fighting games. And if top eight of a fighting game is all the same character, I'm like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't mind either way on that. Like, I guess just because I am so used to the environment that Yu-Gi-Oh has created over the last like so yeah. many decades. I'm just used to like, I, when I first started becoming competitive at JMC collectibles, when I first found out about metagame.com, when I would go on and look at the top eights from Shonen Jump championships, it was just chaos. Like it was just go. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, like so I, I kind of grew up in that environment and that I, it was normalized to me. So I'd never like, whenever people would talk about, um variety i would just be like yeah this is the best deck and i'm just playing it and i don't care how anyone feels about it but i do understand wanting variety in a format there's nothing wrong with that although you know i may even argue that sometimes too much variety can be obnoxious you know i agree i agree like something i like just you know a bit of a sidestep but like in melee melee's got 25 26 characters but only eight of them are really played (laughs) yeah And and really only like four of them are really played and yeah, and that shit, it's dope because, you know, if you fucking use Link, it's like, all right, cool. Like, use Link. Like, you're not really going to catch me by surprise. Like, yeah. some little shit you might do. But but Melee is really sick because there's, like, this cold part of the cast that's really sick and their meta is really pushed. And yep. it's uh, like- and they're very different. Like, the character, like the characters at the top are very different. So, there's nothing wrong with having a lot of uh, decks. Yeah. Not a lot, but, like, a couple of decks that are, like, okay, these decks are all competitive. They all can technically win the event. They can all do well. Um, and they're just vying for, like, who is the, the dominant of all of them. Like, who's the most dominant? Yeah. And so, like, I like triangle formats. Like, I don't mind a good triangle where, like, it's, like, three decks, you know, the, the Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Charmander yeah. scenario. Um, they kind of beat each other. And that's just how it is. And then maybe one of them is, like, for whatever reason, certain players will feel like this one is better because of this. Like, yes, it kind of loses to this one, but not really after sighting. Like, you might find whatever reason you justify why you picked one of the pieces of the triangle. Yep. Know? So, yeah. I, so like, I, like I, like, I like those kind of formats. But yeah, my most, my biggest thing, even if it's all one deck, as long as you get to play Yu-Gi-Oh! for more than three turns, I'd probably yeah. have fun. In the I, I agree with that all day. Like, I'm not a fan of, uh, I don't want to fly somewhere and then ftk or otk all day or get that like have that happen to me as like and and, call, and then try to sit there and tell myself like this is a competitive game like that is not fucking yeah. competitive like that is just like it's one thing if you created something that no one else knew about and you yep. went and you started otk and ftk people i like that type of shit like that's cool to me i do not like it if we all know pepe is like going to be a one-turn deck you set up your field you set counter traps or whatever cyber dragon infinity with Raplesia. And they can't play through it. Like they, it's just not, there's no cards available that will allow them to really play through your setup if you get set up on turn one. I don't like, and everyone knows it. Like everyone coming everyone to the knows, event, yeah. everyone coming to the event is going to be playing this deck. It kills you on turn one consistently. We're all, we're all just hoping for the best at this point. We're all fucking rolling dice and just praying to God that like it lands on me to go first. Like I don't, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Like I'm, but too it's really cool shit. when like one random little kid, not little kid, but one random person shows up to an event because he fucking sat in his basement and just looked at a card from 10 years ago yeah. and he figured something out. And then all of a sudden, like, or was like, what the fuck deck is this guy playing? Yeah. I don't mind that at all. That shit's uh, sick. All right. So let's move on to our next one, which is also from Austin. Uh, so he said, when I was listening, I know you guys were talking about the Japanese translated Monster Hunter on PSP. If that's the same one we we used, I believe it was the Japanese Freedom Unite. Between FU, Freedom Unite, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Melee, I failed so many classes playing these. I think I had over 3,000 hours. Word. Followed by more, <laughs> followed by more hours when we got the English one. 
I got to ask, other than Ron Perlman's hair, what were your thoughts about the Monster Hunter movie? And have you guys read any of the manga? Hell yeah. I'm happy you asked. <laughs> we meant in the Monster Hunter episode, we I remember wanting to talk about the movie. And then yes. we ended it. We ended the podcast, ended recording. Good shit. We're about to go our separate ways. And we were like, oh, shit, we never even talked about the movie. Yeah. So that I'm was happy yeah, we talked all of that shit about Monster Hunter, like, you know, good shit. And then we completely forgot about one of the most horrible blemishes on the Monster Hunter franchise at this point is the, the movie, yep. which we actually did a whole bad movie night, like yep. just for that movie. Like we had a, a, a day where my friend had a housewarming and we decided for whatever fucking reason to just watch the Monster Hunter movie as a group. It was you and it was our fault. You and me specifically. Oh, I remember. It? Yeah, because I remember now at this time. Monster Hunter Rise wasn't out yet. And as I said, I really got in the Monster Hunter with Rise. Yeah. So I know they were all in the Monster Hunter. And so we're sitting there. I knew the movie came out and (laughs) I started stoking some shit. I'm like, yo, we should watch the Monster Hunter movie for bad movie night. And our friend was like, no, we're not doing that. And then Frazier was like, no, we should do it. (laughs) I support bad ideas all the time. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but. Because we knew it was going to be bad. Like, because it had, I knew it was going to be bad. And I had this little bit of information. I don't think anybody else had. I knew that it was directed by, I don't remember the name of the director, but the guy that made the Resident Evil movies and that the main character was that guy's wife. Yes. She's only ever an actor when her husband's the director. Like, that's the only time she gets the fucking <laughs> job because she's horrible. <laughs> and so I knew she was the main actor and I knew it was going to be garbage. Yeah. And so I was super excited to watch it. This was going to be trash. I was happy because I knew it was going to be bad and I just wanted to laugh. Like, I was like, this is going to be a shit show. And it was. Yeah, it was. It, it was awful. So. The Monster Hunter movie, atrocious. Um, they were using actual pistols and shit on Diablos and like yeah. not even once. So like after you shoot Diablos with like a regular handgun and you realize, okay, that didn't do anything. Why an hour into the movie does someone else shoot Diablos with a handgun? Like I don't understand something yeah. like that. There's also a lot of really bad cuts. That movie couldn't stay still. I yeah. remember every fucking moment, like if they're talking, the scene like, woo, 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 like it was always cut into a different angle of the person's yeah. fucking face. Like it, it became nauseating to even watch them talk to each other. And then I don't understand what was going on. Why did they have so many spiders? Like you would think if you only saw the monster in a movie, you would think you, spiders were fucking hot. Shit you would think monster spiders Hunter. are like a really big part of the monster hunter world. Like you would think that they're like some kind of, I don't know, main feature of monster hunter, like spiders, like, and they're not at all. Like there's, very few spider monsters that you actually fight in monster games and are not they're not even in every game like spiders are like yeah. you know they're a thing sometimes like there's one big spider in like some of the games but like they're not that big of a deal so i don't understand why for like literally i don't know 50 percent of the movie i just felt like was it definitely felt like half like, like the whole like, the whole the whole military i also i hate i'm so dumb with movies with like American military goes and does this. Like, yes, I fucking hate that movie Avatar that came out with the blue people. I think James Cameron's overrated. Um, <laughs> I fucking think that really movie's feel. trash. Dragon. Uh, we can talk about it later. I hate the fact that every time I say, "Have you ever seen Avatar?" and I'm talking about the Last Airbender, a good show. People go, "Do you mean the movie with the blue people?" Dragon. Like, no, I have a brain. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm tired of like you know American military goes and does random like. The American military goes into a portal. I don't need the American military for Monster Hunter. Like, why are they here? Like, get yeah. them the fuck out of here. And then the whole cast dies. T.I. dies. Megan Good dies. Yeah, like, gets pieced. It's kind of like, weird. There was no reason for them to be in the movie. They just show up, get killed by spiders. And then uh, fucking wife lady is the main character. And she meets. <laughs> Not she meets wife native, lady. She meets native man. Yeah. And then, like, you know, she's the great white hope. And nope. she comes in with her bullshit. And then. 
She fucking learns how to use dual blades or some nonsense. Barely. It's bad. And Rathlos is fucking destroying jets and shit. Like oh yeah, Rathlos comes through the portal and attacks tanks and jets. And he just like uh, starts ripping them apart. I was like, okay, like what is like what is happening here? Like what are we doing? Also, Diablos was just like waiting. For, I remember there's a part where Diablos is chasing <laughs> them, right? And then like they go somewhere and they sleep somewhere for like a day. Yes. And like, then the next time, day, the moment they touch the sand, passes. <laughs> Diablos was in the like they throw like she a rock threw a in the rock sand, and then and Diablos then the popped up immediately. Like, like immediately i was like what the fuck like why is that diablos like literally right there like he was outside of her tent or whatever like the second this fucking oh god i don't i don't know that movie was so bad but it was funny it was entertaining it was entertaining in a bad way (laughs) yeah and i I had fun the other thing uh, that i think about the monster movie there was a point where the guy was using a great sword i assume it was supposed to be it was supposed to be a great sword and he was like he was holding it with the weight of a kitchen knife, like a fucking, like there was no double hands on the great sword. It was just kind of swinging that shit. He was just swinging, and the way he was holding it with one hand. So if you play Monster Hunter, you know the great sword is held with two hands. It's a very heavy, and it's sword. heavy as hell. It's like heavy it feels shit. chunky and satisfying and heavy when you're wielding it's, it. It's huge. His his great sword was like in between a regular sword and shield and a great sword. Like it, it had like this weird length to it. Like it it just didn't look great. And uh, he was holding it like it was a fucking butter knife. And I just, I could not stop laughing at the fact that there was no weight to his prop. And you could tell that his prop was cheap. Like it was a cheap fucking yeah. prop. Let me ask you this. In, you've played o- almost or every Monster Hunter. Every Monster every Hunter except Monster, Monster Hunter, Hunter tried. The one where you go underwater, I refuse. Maybe it's hard to even remember. Did, were any of those weapons, do you think, like, did you go like, oh, that's supposed to be this uh, sword? Maybe um the great sword, maybe because there's like that iconic great sword from the first game, like the first Monster Hunter case. But I don't even like it was too small to be that. So even if it wanted yeah. to be that, it just didn't have the size. Like the great sword is supposed to be humongous. I cannot stress that enough. And that great sword just was not big. So like none of the weapons that I saw in the movie really made me think like, oh shit, that's yeah. that weapon. You know, and you that, didn't and that, see any weapon and were like, oh, that's yeah. kind of you know that's kind of sad. I didn't notice it when we were when we were watching it, but now that you say that, that's kind of like. Bad. That's a disappointment that thing. There right? were no iconic weapons in the monster. The Hunter. big thing about Monster Hunter is the armor and the weapons. And if if you're watching a Monster Hunter movie and there's not any iconic armors or weapons, like they should have put on, they should have put something on for you to go, oh shit, that's fucking Diablo's armor, or like even right. like some yeah. The, the 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 one Monster Hunter she met was just wearing like base armor. Like he, did, I wouldn't even call it armor. He had all like the shit you start the game with. Like yeah, he had just leather shit on. He just had all some bullshit. And I was like, what's going on? Like, where where is this guy's like Rathalos armor or Diablos armor? Or like, okay, if he's not going to have that because those are considered like apex monsters in the movie, give him something. Like he had nothing. Like he was out yeah. there fucking butt ass basically. Like he could have at least had some Lagambi shit on. Yeah, he could have had some Lagambi. He could have had a Gia Prey or some Gem Prey shit on. Like he had nothing. And I just wasn't a fan of that at all. Yeah, they definitely should have had. That's a big missed opportunity. But then again, I'm not surprised because the guy that made it, I knew. I Like the Resident Evil movies, You some people might look back on them, but they're not good movies. Like they're bad movies. The, the actress is bad and she's bad in this movie too. So and the movie's bad. There you have but it. it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. I recommend only watching it to laugh 
and to not take it seriously whatsoever. It's really bad. Um, yeah, if you go into it wanting to get a good Monster Hunter experience, you're going to be sad. Yes. However, uh, I almost forgot about this. There is a Netflix CG, uh, like the whole series is completely CG version of Monster Hunter coming out on Netflix. So I did hear about that. Also, a Pokemon Netflix is supposed to be being made too, right? Yes. There is a live action uh a live action Pokemon Netflix series that is in the works apparently. So like that, both of these things could be huge. I'm, I'm here for monster. Yeah, getting I, redemption. Hope they're good. I hope they're good too. I hope that monster gets his redemption. And as for Pokemon live series, uh, don't know how I feel about that. If I'm being honest, I, I tend to not have much hope in anything animated becoming live action. Yeah. Uh, I, it, they don't usually do it. They just the don't most do grace. Well. The CG usually is cringy or like, there's just something fundamentally wrong or like creepy. There's just, yeah, something it just hits an uncanny wrong. Valley. Like it doesn't quite work yeah. a lot of times. So I'm not sure what, but like Netflix produces good content. I'm just going to hope for the best is all we can do. We will definitely be reviewing. Well, you know, they did make the death note movie. That was not. Oh good content. God. <laughs> Don't remind me because death note is my favorite anime, but that movie is literally unplayable, <laughs> but yeah, live action. Uh, Pokemon and completely CGI Monster Hunter, so it's kind of a chance to redeem. If people saw the Monster Hunter movie and that's like all they know about Monster Hunter, hopefully they give this a shot because I'm sure it'll be better judging by the preview. If you haven't seen the preview, go on YouTube, look up Monster Hunter series, Netflix, and it actually looks very much like a real Monster Hunter thing. Like It doesn't look like the movie did. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, well, this wraps up today's episode of the I Am There podcast, episode five. Uh, if you want to send us anything, again, it's I Am There podcast at gmail.com, and we may read it aloud on the show. And as yes, usual, indeed. so long, Gay Bowser. So long, Gay Bowser. Also, so we say this at the end of every episode now, but for people who don't know what that is, Kenny. Oh, uh, basically in Mario 64, um, when Mario swings Bowser and he throws him, it sounds like he says, so long, gay Bowser. Yes. He's actually not saying so long, gay Bowser. What he's actually saying is so long, uh, like how he said, like how he says, it's a me, Mario. He's saying <laughs> so long, uh, Bowser. So long, Bowser. Like because something of like the that. Because but... of the G at the end of long and just like the A, it sounds like he says so long, gay Bowser. And for a million years, everybody thought he said so long, yep. gay Bowser. So that's uh-huh. where that comes from. For people who are probably wondering what the fuck is going on at the end of this podcast. Anyway, goodbye. Peace.